Welcome to another episode of So You Can Hear Me When I'm Gone. I'm your host, Dallin. If you're a first-time listener, this is the podcast where we explore the lives and journeys of various family members. We enjoy hearing their stories and experiences and hope to capture wisdom and truth to share with future generations. All people go through life and they come away from certain experiences with gems of truth, nuggets of wisdom, certain bits of knowledge they, are, they know for sure. And it's our purpose on this show to capture, if we can, those gems of knowledge and wisdom so we can share them with future generations. As part of our respect for the privacy of the guests we have on our show, we release two versions of the episode, a public version and a privacy honoring version, which can be provided to you, our listeners, by emailing host at soyoucanhearme.com. Today we have with us Stan Smith. Welcome Hello. to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, just real quick, who are you to us? Like, what's the, what's the relation there? We have a familial bond. I am, I'm your cousin on what my, my mom's side, yeah. my mom and your dad. Yep. Our siblings. Our siblings. Yeah, dude. Turtles. <laughs> dude. Is this like a yeah, man cave? That is right. You, you got it. Say no to man drugs. <laughs> Just say no to drugs, kids. Dude, it's like the 90s version, or 80s, excuse me. It's like late 80s. Oh, dude, I remember that bank. Oh, my yeah, gosh, dude. I remember that. Is that weird? Dude, that was. I remember seeing that in Corvallis. Yeah, man. I got that when I was born. Yeah. That thing's rad. Yeah, I got a lot of fun stuff in here. I got... Where are you? Masters of the Universe toys. Dang, dude. I'm in a toy Beautiful. store, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just kind of started collecting toys uh, like He-Man because um, of the new series came out. So they started doing a bunch of toys like Transformer stuff. and Yeah. That's I would like move the camera around, but it's all hooked up. And no, anyway, you're good. Getting Legos and stuff, you know. Got it's like the fun. <laughs> uh, I never got it before. Like the kids, we just get toys for the kids, and I probably like didn't want anything to do with them. But now they're all older, so back to it. Now I get to have toys. <laughs> You guys collect anything? Uh, books. I mean, books? Oh, dude, you probably have a mad book collection by now. Yeah, it's getting a little excessive, let's be honest. <laughs> Did you have a big collection in Redmond? Or at least to me, it seemed big. Well, it's even worse online. <laughs> All your digital books? Yeah. Or you mean you buy yeah. books like from Amazon? Oh no, yeah, I do yeah, both. I do both, but yeah, I calculated. I probably actually in my lifetime never read all of them. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> Part of it's just having them. I guess so. It's okay to just have. That. I don't play with the toys. Yeah, that's kind of the same. I do that with comic books too, a little bit. Do you collect comics at all? Oh, no. But I just finished Moon Knight, um, this omnibus. It's pretty, just in, you know, in preparation for 
Yeah, the show series dropping oh, here yeah. in a couple in just a few days. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful it'll be good. Likewise. How about you, Mike's? Uh looking forward to something coming out. I'm what's up? No, I meant like are you collecting stuff? Do you uh, collect anything? Besides diapers? <laughs> that is a good one. I hope you're not collecting there's diapers. Two kids <laughs> producing oh. diapers. Yeah, man. <laughs> you're in a little diaper factory. Do you do you use anything to like keep the smell down? Do you have one of those diaper genies or anything? Yeah, we have a genie, but uh, I don't think it works. Mm. It does keep the smell down. So I'll hand until it you them. open it to take it out. And like, oh God! Yeah. Whoa. Exactly. <laughs> Has this ever been Yeah. Oh. Gross. Yeah. Is it- we cram as many as we can in there, you know, because you want to avoid <laughs> doing it. <laughs> to avoid. Oh man, going there is just packed like yeah. a brick. <laughs> it's a solid mass of diapers. Dude. Stay, like how many did you have in diapers all at once uh, i'm thinking about this now like at least well at least the at least three at one time i don't know if we ever had four let's see because there was a big break right? it was like four years so yeah i mean they don't wear diapers past like two or three really right and i can't remember yeah it seems like <laughs> Potty training starts to happen around three or just before three or four, somewhere there. Yeah, three or four. So I mean, Luke may have still been in diapers. I know, like a lot of our kids. I mean, Chloe still wears a diaper uh, to sleep because because she'll s- still wet the bed, um, and she's nine. I don't know if you guys remember. I had that problem. Yeah. <laughs> I wore a diaper till I was 10 <laughs> at night. So it's like a hereditary thing. Uh, Is I, it? I, have no I guess idea. it must be for like just seeing how some of my kids have, like they don't have any control over it. It just, yeah, they can't. And it was the same for me. I didn't, I don't know. There wasn't anything mental that I knew of that I could do to like tell yourself to like not do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And hope. Oh. But anyway, so, something to look forward to, Mike's. Yeah, Mike's. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> That's funny. So how do you even unload this? Is it just like a giant garbage can? Oh, <laughs> like a little bit pan? more. Int- yeah, is it just a little more wow. intricate or something? Like sealed packed. It's like a NASA space station diaper holder thing. <laughs> Air cannot escape. It's been hydra or not hydrated, uh, vacuumed and then, yeah. You know, like on the Martian. Remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to pull freeze dry now. I don't want to restart my machine. It, it, it would be nice if that was the case, but like the plastic that they use to like hold the diapers, you basically like put a diaper in and and twist and so the diapers end up coming in in like series of a diaper twisted plastic a diaper so it's like a string 
of diaper beads. <laughs> what? If you were to, yeah, I mean that's the one. At least ours worked that way. Huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's why the plastic like Dude, doesn't contain the smell. You know what I mean? It like it seeps out the, the smell. Yeah. It, it just dampens it at best. <laughs> yeah, they have some air filters. They they keep on the lid or something. Yeah, to help help with it. But we just keep the whole station changing station in the bathroom. That way we can just click on the fan and. That's a good idea. Room. Yeah, uh, we never did. Well, why didn't we do that? <laughs> <laughs> We'd have like three of them in there. That's why. <laughs> Jeez. Wait, the youngest is nine. How old is Stan now? Uh, he's give me eighteen in a few months. Holy smokes! <laughs> yeah, dude, he graduated from high school like um like three weeks ago. What? Early. Yeah, he was early. Well, good yeah, for dude. him. Holy smokes! He was doing an online program, so. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, because of, like, oh, yeah. Dang. Yeah, well, he opted for, for that, like, you know, when COVID started. Yeah, yeah. Good. That was smart. That was really smart. Good for him. Yeah, it's weird. He just went car shopping with my dad. Dude, your dad with knows Uncle, car Uncle shopping. John. <laughs> Uncle John. What do you, do you guys call him Uncle John or Uncle JR? I call him Uncle John. Uncle okay. John. Yeah, Uncle JR. Actually, I always thought it was weird when people called him JR for like the longest time when I was growing up. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, JR. I'm like, who's JR? JR. What? Junior? What? That's funny. Wow. Yeah, 18. dude, the kids are all getting big. Layla's 16. She could drive, but she can she, drive. She doesn't have a license and she, she hasn't driven yet. Really. <laughs> you know, we were lucky growing up on the property. We could. Yeah, we were driving at 13. Yeah. What is Stan going to do? Is he just going to like hang out or is he going to like college or he training or he's just going to uh, I mean, no pressure. I was just curious. Yeah, no. Um he yeah, he doesn't know he doesn't he doesn't want to decide right now <laughs> he wants to enjoy the his last summer as a child he said I, <laughs> I, can, I can understand that yeah yeah so he'll and julia his girlfriend is uh gonna leave on a mission this summer sometime so it's kind of keeping everything in a limbo state equilibrium yeah it's like very right word. It's like neither of them are wanting to move on they want to like be in this state where bubble they're not yep so they're they're yeah makes sense i probably would have done the same thing i, mean, I probably did I, think I did do the same thing <laughs> yeah serious well because well yeah because i graduated at 17 wow was 18 oh yeah so that's pretty and then like i went at 19 so i was just like Doing nothing for a year. Mm. And you're in, where yeah. did you live in? Were you on Black Cat or yeah. were you in Redmond still? No, we were in Meridian. Okay. Um, yeah, I just like, I went to a semester at Boise State, worked. Yeah. I think whatever. it's pretty common. Yeah. Just kind of, you're kind of feeling stuff out. You Like, I think it's 
it's fine. I don't know. Everyone, I think adults, where you just, we're like, what are you going to do? This is so cool. I can't wait. I want to hear what, what's yeah. your plans. And they say nothing. You're like, oh. Get out of here, kid. You got no future. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize you did the exact same you thing. You look like a slacker. Yeah. Strickland. Did that guy ever have hair? Strickland. Slackers. <laughs> Eat lead slackers. No, I think I, I think there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, um, both inside and outside the church, just like society in general. To like, mm-hmm. oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? A lot less in going to college. A lot less in general, though. Actually, you think so? I mean, I guess I can't. S- say that for sure because i'm not that age right now (laughs) but it 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 feels a lot like there's a lot more people living at home until they're uh in their 20 mid 20s or 30s i don't know maybe maybe that's just anecdotal i don't know how much of that is true right We, we we love passing around stories of like this one instance and act like it's everybody it's everybody. No, I know that is more more common in your twenties. But even yeah. that, I don't know. I just want I just want all my kids to find something that they love to do, hopefully, and don't just fall into. And and there's time to to feel that out. That's the thing. It like it's not gonna. There's certain life events that if you do it can make it harder like to do something else right like your choices start getting narrower yeah or almost chosen for you even though maybe they're not really but it feels that way and kind of you could fall into a a trap it's a trap or a track right yeah for for sure yeah (laughs) i mean that that kind of naturally happens i think for most people. Yeah. I don't know. Well, no, I mean, do any of us really know what we're doing ever? Not really. I don't feel like we think we do. We think we're in control. We think we know what we're doing. We're all just kind of like, Hey, grabbing onto some people. Let's come on. Let's let's do something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is awesome. We're here together in this thing. Well, I don't, whatever this is, it's fun, yeah. kind of. Sometimes, <laughs> I think I think I know exactly what's going on right now. And like hindsight's always better, right? I mean, like if I were to go back, I know exactly what I do. I know exactly what I do. From really, like the word go. Oh yeah, it's like now. But back then, like, why? How would you? I have no idea. I guess I mean, but I mean that's always easy to do, right? Would it's you like, do a bunch of stuff different? Maybe that's what I'm. I don't know about different. Well, I, yeah, obviously different, but little pursue different different things. I wouldn't be well because go. You know, that's always the easy thought experiment. Oh yeah, because because you know now what would have happened. So a lot of your fears of the unknown aren't present and your fear of missing out on things like, Oh, well I can't yeah. do that. Cause then what if I miss out on this or, 
you know, because you just it's just this giant unknown. Whereas now I look back to eighteen, what was that? Geez, twenty years ago, and I'm like, dude, not not afraid. <laughs> not afraid. Yeah. I mean, I I've got my own fears going forward from here, but like back then, anyway. Yeah. I think that's what I would. I think that's the thing that I know now that is different is I don't know what the outcome is, but it really doesn't matter. So like you mentioned fear, but like not being afraid of anything that could happen because you don't know you're not in control. But generally if you are like following, you have some kind of direction, like, you'll you'll get where you're trying to go i guess <laughs> i feel it feels so lazy saying uh ask how that went yesterday did you go jam with john oh yeah was it fun what yeah dude we jam it every week we're like putting uh, a full we're putting an ep together oh my gosh a great super I've fun ever heard yeah dude oh it's it's really nice to be getting like playing again on a regular basis. Yeah. Good for you guys. We'll share. You- we'll share our stuff with you. We got to, <laughs> this is what we're doing. John has been pushing it. I don't know if you guys seen his, he's got a music room and he's had one. He's been like building up this keyboard studio <laughs> right yeah so he's got like 10 keyboards and he's got his uh, it's not 10 keyboards he's got a bunch of keyboards he's got a bunch of uh i don't even know all the stuff he's got he switches like all these ports it looks like a freaking mission control center right for nasa <laughs> yeah. yeah have you seen it you've seen it mikes i've i've been down there but i haven't seen it in the last year or so well, I think I was up there July-ish, 2021, and that's where I picked up. He let me, he lent me that drum kit behind me. Okay. Electric one. And I've been playing on that and loving it, but I have not seen it since. I have not seen his studio since then. So. Yeah, I mean, it changes. He's constantly changing it, I guess. He used to have all these sound dampeners and then he had to get rid of them because they were full. he built them at with some material that was like making him sick. <laughs> so Wow, whoa. interesting. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. It might have just been insulation that he cut up or something, but it was oh. it was like coming out into the room and he he had an air oh, purifier no. in there, uh air filter. And he was just getting it was messing him up. So he's like, it's probably better that I don't kill myself to have these sound dampeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it just seems like you could just order some, maybe not yeah. expensive, but like at least some acoustic panels or something like, yeah, okay, whatever he can. They're, I think they're kind of expensive. So he, he was trying to, you know, Oh, he's some DIY like high end, high end yeah. ones. Yeah. 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 I don't know how, I mean, I just there probably some, is some lower end ones that he could get. Yeah, dude. Oh, You're all fuzzy. Yeah, <laughs> I just bought like a pack for like thirty bucks. Oh yeah, okay. Have you started? Have you installed they're any pretty, of them yet? They're pretty decent. Yeah, they're nice. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I should probably put some in here. 
Yeah, so, so he's got the NASA command center down there. Yeah, and he's been kind of writing. So he writes the main, like the the songs. Well, a lot of the songs are just instrumental. So he 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 figures out like the main melodies and all that stuff. And then I bought an electronic kit. He was kind of telling me about it uh, last year or something. I think I even played on that that electronic kit that you have there, Mike's. Yeah, uh, yeah. A couple times, and and then I don't know. We were both busy. We've pretty much. It's there's never been a time when this would work until right now, just with kids and jobs and um. I don't know. Like I didn't. I wasn't able to have a drum set, but so I was able to buy electronic kit. I really like it's a, and I can't remember, a TDK one by Roland. I think it's a Roland kit. Anyway, it's really it's amazing the technology for these electronic kits has yeah. improved so much. It sounds like a real kit. It feels a lot. It feels a lot like a real kit. It's got the nylon instead of the C. Yeah, Mike's. Is good that one john got it's like the plastic pads right so it doesn't yeah, respond quite like the other as ones as well yeah that's so cool. i got the ones with the nylon mesh and it feels it it feels pretty much like a real drum head that's rad it helps uh so so we started playing um he i don't know it maybe a only a month or two ago when we started to get really consistent, I moved. I had my drums set here in this little room. If you can imagine, this is like a, this is like an eight by eight by, isn't even that? <laughs> I don't know, it's like six, <laughs> six by eight or something. It's pretty small. So I had a drum set like right behind me so I could like work and then drum. Yeah. yeah. But I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. So. So yeah, I moved him into his house because uh, even though they were actually pretty easy to move, it's like taking it down or like moving it in and out every time. It's actually pretty, you know, it's kind of painful. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So I set him up there and now we're playing Wednesday night and Saturday morning and we got like five songs that are, you know, some of them are more polished than others. You know how it goes. Rad. Yeah. Are you recording these? Yeah. So that was one of the things I wanted to tell you. It's cool. Is that's, that's rad. Whitney bought this awesome yellow sport cassette player from uh, like a Goodwill or something, right? It's it's like totally one that we would have wanted, Dal. Like like the Walkmans that were yellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you could send them. They're like kind of waterproof. So this is, it looks like that's about this big and it's a cassette player and it has, you can record. So we, <laughs> John bought a Simon Garfunkel cassette and we've been recording over it, but then like leaving little clips of the other oh, songs. So awesome. it's like really awesome. <laughs> like you hear this weird Simon Garfunkel thing. And then all of a sudden it just breaks into this totally other, like other song. Cool music that but like, it's cool. I'm saying it's cool, but I'm biased. <laughs> yeah. As well you should be. So I just bought <laughs> he, he the tape, we filled up the tape 
And surprisingly, it records really well. It sounds really good. We don't have anything. The sound mic'd. quality, you mean? Yeah. From the recording on, like, and on to the cassette. And it's got this really cool feel to it, right? Because it's real. Yes. I know that analog recording just has yeah, something that, about it. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that. It's a similar texture. It's like a similar discussion people have about vinyl. They're just like, no, dude, vinyl's just, it's just got a better quality. Yeah. The, the, uh, it's hard. I mean, it's, people can quantify it too right like there's reasons why but a lot of people can't you can't tell but like in general right and you hear it and most people couldn't even tell even if they were given the comparison but um it's mostly just cheap and fun so whitney i told whitney we needed more tapes and she bought this we got like 20 tapes now there's like garth brooks Hammer, too legit to quit. <laughs> Just this whole collection. I'll have to send you a picture. MC Hammer, dude. Like, make another, like pictures to send you. Yeah, so she found all these really cool old ones. And what <laughs> one of the things we want to do is get. Have you get? You guys remember those? There, it would be like a plastic holder, and you'd open it up, and it's just full of tapes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. remember those? I think so. I don't know. There's you. You can get them for like when they use like programs or training things, and all they had were cassettes. So they'd give you this huge album thing they, that you open it up, and it would just be full of tapes, those. like in plastic. It was like plastic. You know, you'd like snap them into the into their little seat. The tape yeah. Yeah, yeah. cassettes. I, I know, yep. talking about. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. So we want to get one of those and then like fill it up and it and then save it like an album of like jam. We're trying to record like oh, all of our jam cool. sessions. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Fun. It's like our our version of a journal. I don't know if John keeps a journal. I don't. But maybe someday somebody'll hear you guys are doing this. Somebody will hear the music we make over the years or something. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, so that's our music thing right now. That's maybe maybe someday we'll be inviting everyone to come down to a show. Yeah. In the next two, three years. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, it's just fun right now, right? I mean it's just mm-hmm. it's just a blast. Yep. There's no pressure. We're just we're just having a good time. Are you guys exactly. planning to release anything on like SoundCloud or something? Yeah. Um we haven't really talked about any kind of you know, rough release stuff. We we are putting stuff on on a Google Drive and I can share that with you guys. It's just our jam stuff, but as far as a like an EP release Maybe I, I guess we haven't really talked about where we, we'd want to release it, or if it'd be. I don't know if we're going to try to sell it or just put it out there, probably for free. Probably put it everywhere. Put it on YouTube. Yeah, well, it's cool either way. I'd listen. To, I'd buy it. <laughs> cool. I'd listen well, to it. And that's what we we're thinking of. And I actually saw that some other artist is doing this, so it's kind of a thing. That was cassette tapes. We would. 
I want to like put recordings onto cassette tapes and that's what people would buy. Right. Is a cassette. Oh, well, yeah, that'd be rad. <laughs> Except no cassette player <laughs> included. So good luck trying to find them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like all good those things kind of make a comeback. Very, very niche though. Like for example, um, uh, record players are oh yeah like high end record Luke players are coming back now. What's that? Luke, uh, Luke bought one from Walmart. He just bought a record oh, yeah. player. Yeah, there you go. And they're kind of they have options like they have like Bluetooth and different things. Some of them are like super high tech plus the record player, which is cool. Yeah, I love records. I have a few. I have a Star Wars soundtrack on record. I found. Wow, cool. Yeah. And a few different things. I don't know. I'm not a hardcore. I'm not really a collector of vinyl per se, but I have a lot of good memories of listening to them at at home. We always had one. Do you guys remember our crazy like audio setup? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. It was so huge and it seemed so cool, but like in the blue house the today's standards yeah i remember it was like the main center console with all the controls you'd like the glass you'd hit the glass and open it up and yeah. it'd be like a cassette deck cd eq pretty pretty cool thing to grow up with i kind of wonder if that's something that john kind of like they bought us a keyboard pretty early on and he learned you know we all had piano lessons for a while at least so yeah. that in combination, maybe that's what got him into keyboards and all this stuff a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And those I speakers, they have, they, we had two just really tall speakers. I don't, do you guys remember those? Yeah. I feel like I remember it, even though it was a long time ago. I remember, I remember also you couldn't like jump off the couch onto the floor. You couldn't get too excited with the music, you know, because you would like, you would like skip. My gosh, you're right, dude. For the record or something, because yeah, you'd hit the floor and it would like bounce, and like <laughs> the system could not handle that, you know. Yeah, dude, I totally forgot about that. About it, yeah. When you didn't want to hit, you'd like be excited. It'd be the coolest part, and you like yeah. jump, and it skips. You're like, ah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, look that is or Mike's girl. I call everyone the wrong name too. By the way, I call everyone Luke. <laughs> Or John, or Stan. I call John Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Just yesterday. <laughs> anyway, Mike's that's an awesome memory, and yeah. I totally forgot about it. But now I totally remember. We told we for sure we had to think about that all the time. Yeah, unless you were playing a cassette tape. Yeah, yeah. We had the disco Mickey Mouse. Do you guys remember that? Disco Mickey Mouse. There's all those disco songs. Oh man. Um, Boston Pops. It's the John Williams CD. We definitely listen to like Empire Strikes Back. Dude, I think I remember that. Empire Pops. Yeah. The the March. How come I can't remember any of these names? (laughs) I can't remember any real names of stuff. Because you're on the spot. Yeah. You're just joshing around. You'd be like, oh yeah, it's this. I don't know. I feel like I have that problem then too. Dude, or like Karate Kid, we'd listen to some kind of music to get us pumped, and we'd just pretend like we were doing karate in like in a dojo. 
good times. Yeah, the blue house was cool. The blue house was awesome. Is it weird? Why do we all call it the blue house? Well, it's because it was enormous, and there were so many <laughs> memories, and it was it was blue. Right. It was <laughs> blue. crazy blue, <laughs> like sky blue, right? Yeah, it was, no, it was a weird. It was a good. No, blue. it was kind of a darker, but it was pretty vibrant, right? Yeah. Well, especially in that landscape, right? I mean, it was just Redmond. It's just high desert junipers, brown. Yeah, that's grass true. And sand, and then juniper trees. So it definitely showed this up. Blue house. <laughs> I, I need to find some pictures of it. I don't have any really lying around. You know what? I'll bet you I could go to like Google Maps, and then you know how you're going on the freeway out to Sisters, and it would hit that rise. Because I remember seeing the freeway from the Blue House. So I'll bet you we could see from the freeway, see the Blue House up on that hill. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've painted it. Oh, that's probably a good point. Because nobody likes that Blue House. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Me I remember like, I doing it. the flooring, hammering nails. They had all of us out there. I remember it rained and we had pots because it was we were par- you guys y'all were partially <laughs> living in it. So yeah. like in the basement, we had pots because it was leaking and building Dude. the house was this huge. It was awesome, man. I loved it. It was an experience. Yeah, we had a tarp of some kind draped over top with tires stacked up on the. I think I remember on, that. That was the like the it was a split level so that was on like the second story yeah yeah and we just lived in the in the bottom half which was like i mean not all split levels like are like this i don't know what the name of it is but when the front is like underground but the back isn't for like I, a basement. I can't remember the name yeah. of that either yeah, daylight basement either. or something is that what it is sounds right yeah which was pretty cool. I had such a big landing. It was really nice to go in and, and like a really wide set of two stairs, right? Going up and down. I remember playing. Oh, I wanted to send this to you down. <laughs> Pirates of Dark Water. Dude, I bought it. What? I have it both on DVD and I bought it digitally. They finally oh, have it digitally. So I bought it so both, cool. dude. It's so rad. I and, saw p- and Exo Squad. I've got that. Exo Squad, yes. I saw a, a, an ad in a comic for dark parts of dark water. I was like, Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this. I had that flying, the flying guy. I don't remember yeah, who, dude. who you had, but we would run around the house. And I remember just always going down that, uh, the stairs the yeah. that it had that big fat piece of wood. And so we'd always, we'd slide dolls down it and toys and everything. Right. It was like a giant banister. Like it was a yeah, wider than normal banister. Like we yeah, slide down it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it was like like other houses would have like a yeah exactly. I you'd have this narrow little, usually. You know, looking at it like from my adult eyes now, it, it was so big. It was like perfect for moving furniture and up and down. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I didn't think of that as a kid, but just like the convenience of being able to move things. You know, because how many times we help people move and moved ourselves, and it's like, oh my gosh, these stairs are too narrow. Oh, how how, how do we even get this in here? <laughs> it's like, dude, that the blue house was was pretty rad. Yeah, man. I mean, they totally designed it. My parents did. I think from it was all. I don't. Know, I've never been in a house really like it since. It's it was interesting. 
but you're right. It was really wide. I think that's something that I really miss about any, I don't, I haven't been to any house that's, that had such a open, but maybe it's because we were smaller, but it just yeah, seems so true. big when you'd walk in, yeah. like there was just so much space. Like you said, you could move things really easily. <laughs> Well, it's just fun that we had that great room, you know, you put the Christmas trees up and then your parents did those, there was like four, maybe five, just huge windows, like full. Yeah, those windows were amazing. And and it it spanned the whole outer side so you could see, it was looking north, right, toward toward the freeway and, and beyond. It was just a fantastic view, just like park up there, you guys had Christmas up there. It was just, it was yes. awesome. It was pretty neat for sure definitely took it for for granted in a lot of ways or just didn't know you don't have that life experience to know how incredible of kind of a place the whole thing was right we had like we had like 50 acres to run around on yeah 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 exactly how many acres did you guys have up there uh 20 15 10 I don't know. I, I don't remember know. running around on your guys' acreage very much. It was like a less well that spot. Do you get did you guys go around it very much? It was like less known. Yeah, it was shaped kind of weird, I remember. And there was just a big hill and Well, and there was like a break between y'all's property down below yeah. and we'd have to cross, you know, some other neighbor's property. Yeah, it was kind ours. of a big walk. Same with Neon Grands. Like oh, we didn't yeah, spend a lot right, of time right. up on their property either. Yeah, kind of like my parents' property and Grandma Papa Perry's was like connected, essentially. The trails we had, I mean, I just think about running from house to house. Like we were in, we were in such good yeah. shape because we just ran around everywhere. And then when we had bikes, like sometimes we were in on bike kick and we'd ride bikes. Everywhere. And so that was yeah. still just healthy, like just booking around, man. Oh. Dude, I think I found the house on Google Maps. I'm trying to find even the... There's not a lot out here. What the heck? I'm seeing all this Eagle Crest stuff. Yeah, Eagle Crest like, has a whole second neighborhood. It's so yeah, nutty. It's starting to like wrap around Klein Butte, dude. Yeah, like what the heck? Oh, wait, isn't Klein Butte... That's the part that's confusing me. Klein Butte, weren't we? Well, you, remember right how we'd behind like behind Klein Butte, or is that a different Butte? Yeah, one hundred and three. Our Buttes were, were we had three Buttes, Butte. but they're not. It's not Klein Butte, was it? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But that's what I forgot. I guess I was assuming it was Klein Butte, but I don't. I don't think it is. I guess. I mean, by the top, they don't look like anything. Where the heck is? You know what? I never knew the name of that freeway. It's 126. McKenzie. It's McKenzie Highway. I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, we lived there really for either. years. Never knew. You don't have to know roads when you're a kid. <laughs> Even driving, right? Because there was there just weren't that many roads that we ever drove on, right? Yeah. That's what it's oh, saying. okay. Here it is. Klein Butte is the taller one, right? There's three of them, and Klein Butte was the furthest or the farthest south from where we were, and then. The other two gradually, actually, they were about the same height, 3,800. Oh, no, never mind. This one's slightly taller. What yeah, was we, the what was the road? This one. Uh, 10, 10, 103. West? 
Northwest 103rd. Yeah, dude, Eagle Crest has got this whole... Okay, you know how we'd go off-roading, right? And we'd go up past, up to the end of 103, and then we'd, you know, trail it up to the, the foothills of the Butte? Yes. Well, they've got residential all in there now. Oh, I was just... That's why I was so confused. What the heck? They've totally blocked off yeah. the Buttes? Who... Like they've encircled the the part of the butte with with residential stuff, dude. High okay, so yeah, I've never seen. I didn't. I was thinking of this other area by Klein Falls Road. I've been up in that uh, across from Eagle Crest. I did not. I did not know this other area even existed. There's a lake over here, Lakeside Sports. There's like a little pond. Yeah. Do they get it all greened up? And it's like. How do you get anything green in Redmond? Lots of <laughs> lots, water. Yeah, lots of water. <laughs> yeah, the house. There's there's the house, I think. Is that it? No. Which one is it? Yeah, oh my gosh. And the old trailer. Is that somebody? Man, I'm having a hard time identifying some of this stuff. I can't believe I haven't like looked at this more. Dude, it's still the same blacktop. Like they haven't There's the cabin. changed it or re- redone it at all. That's so nuts. I mean, is that something that people do? I don't know anything about blacktop. Well, it just the pool's seems- still there. If you look at Grandma and Papa's place, can you? Oh, there's a big garage. They built that. No, you can't go in there. Oh, you can go on the road, though. What the yeah. heck? They drove yeah, up 103rd. Yeah. And that road was so narrow. I, I remember when they paved it. You were you, you guys were there when they paved it, yeah. right? Well, because they originally just paved like part of the hill. They didn't pave all the way up, right? Right. Oh, How that's weird. right. They didn't. They've got a gate on your old driveway. Dude, they got a gate on grandma's. This is the sad part. Like, it was so it was so open and wild when we oh, were yeah. kids. It's just wide open. No gates. This place like crazy. I mean, I would probably I would probably gate my property too if I lived out there these days. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't um, have other people. Thing is we think it I felt like there was always just people driving back and forth in between things, you know, we had the golf carts and Oh, yeah. Well, we had, like, uh, trails ourselves, like, separate yes. trails where we'd run and bicycle. So, it was, like, over time, it was one of these. all these, like, trails. See if they still exist. I wonder if they're still beaten down. There's the one... I just remember fe- feeling so alive, like, running and leaping sagebrush. You guys do that? Yeah, oh, yeah. totally. Because they were like these trails, I th- they were like developed by dogs and deer. Yeah, or you're, something, yeah right? you're right. The dogs did. Yeah, it was like dogs, and then we would and run on would them. Use them. Yeah, you can see them all over out there. Seems like there's just trails everywhere. Of course, I don't know if I'm looking at a road or like from a dirt <laughs> bike or something, but. It's There's still lines all over out there. It, yeah. 
the thing I don't, it was a nice area, but man, I look at the ground and the dirt and stuff and it, it is so just dusty and it's so deserty. I don't like that. I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, for real. We had the area, but man, if, if this, if we had this area in like uh, a more like the Pacific Northwest somewhere or like more on the coast where it's just trees and yeah, woods, like that's what I really want. Even now I still, I want to move into the woods somewhere and live, live in a cabin in the woods. That's what I want. But I probably never will because I got kids and probably need to stay nearby so let's go on vacation everyone's well yeah exactly well you guys are still i mean star's not fully suburbanized has it i mean it's still kind of where the rural meets the suburban or is it man it's changing fast we we got a huge influx of people oh yeah boise the boise treasure valley is like one of the fastest growing yeah country yeah, it's it's all those dang Californians. <laughs> it's like everybody. I don't know if you like ten. Hmm, I, I'm so bad at reckoning time. I try to do it by my jobs, but even then, I'm like, I don't know how was I there two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> Probably eight to eight to ten years ago. It's like Boise was trying or Idaho in general was trying to get the word out for people to move there. And it was always on these top five places to live. It was like Boise. Interesting. Because it was, it's like you're 30 minutes away from camping, from whitewater rafting, from whatever. Uh, and so I think it just like enough of that happened. And then when, I don't know. I don't. It's hard to say what really pushed people out so quick. Do you do you know what it was? Like, put what pushed? What was the push out of California all of a sudden? Well, I think. It, I, I mean, I don't know. No, obviously, but I, lots I understand. There's like a lot of combination of things because it, it's it. We're talking, you know, mass like micro or excuse me, macro level stuff, like people moving out of California. And then simultaneously, the the cheaper housing yes. in Boise, which is still becoming this growing tech center, so it's a it's a draw. Uh huh. So simultaneously, you know, it's like the the fall of California and the rise of everywhere else. And I guess and that just Idaho's happened. Got a, just Idaho's got like a really great tax tax uh, tax laws. It's business friendly. Same with Utah. Um. And so it's just a big draw, and it's gorgeous. Obviously, I mean McCall, uh, yeah, there's some Sand nice Point. Um, I mean, it's just gorgeous country. And you and you know, I've got California tech money, and I'm sick yeah. of all the business stuff here. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to move out and go to. Why wouldn't I? You know, I mean, we joked about this because um, when we bought the Meridian House, right? So this was 2001, 2002, oh, somewhere in there. Drop. Yeah, I think he's got kids or yelling oh. at him or something. Okay, he'll be back. Um, but my aunt and uncle had like purchased a house around the same time as us, but in California, like it was San Diego area. Okay, and it was like 
I think my parents and, and they like spent about the same amount of money, but we got like double the house for our money. And yeah. that was back in 2001, right? So it was like, yeah, I think it's that kind of, those kind of trends that people were seeing. I mean, not now. I mean, geez, average now, sale yeah, no, price now it's- in Salt Lake County is like half a million dollars. Average sale price here. And yeah, that's that's County. where we're at already too. Yeah. It's for, I, like for little, for right, right. Oh, houses yeah. we bought, like our house is not, we bought it for one hundred forty, and now it's it's like we can sell for four hundred. Yeah, it's like tripled. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we can't, which is great. We can't but, sell it and go anywhere though. Yeah, because I mean, afford- selling it. Oh, we just made all this money, and now you're going to blow it all on a new place to live because everything's yeah. still so expensive. We have to move to a state where it's that same thing. I mean, it's just like this is what people do, I guess, when they move, right? Is something gets too expensive or they maybe have an opportunity to get a bigger, you get more (laughs) or something for the same amount of money. And so you make the move. I've also been hearing about this great resignation. Have you heard of that? Yep. Like all these knowledge workers, Right, tech center, well, anywhere really, and they've they're kind like, of experienced like this burnout, so they like downgrade their job because they're pushing more lifestyle than money. So it's like, dude, I I don't mind doing less hours. I want to live in a better place because you know. So Boise's just right for that. Yeah. Yeah, know. it's a nice. Hmm. I know the. It's like the tech workers but actually when when i think of it around here it's it's more of even just the labor jobs like because of the baby boomers are all a lot of them are retiring like the majority are leaving the workforce so right. like my my dad right would probably retire right now but you know he's he wants i don't know anyway yeah, they're all in their seventies, so they're so they're dropping, and that's like a huge percentage of our population. It's at the tail end now. Yeah, tail end. Well, Aunt Dina's like the last of the baby boomers; like she was at the very end of it. Okay. So yeah, like yeah, I mean, there are going to be a ton of jobs opening up. But like, and, and wage wage hasn't gone up with inflation, and they're just now starting to like change it you know where you can work at mcdonald's you can make like 15 bucks an hour and just a year ago you were making eight yeah for real but wild stuff like that yeah and it seems crazy but like really what should have happened it should have been 15 or maybe even more now but they have they don't no one wants to it's kind of like i don't know what it is like for you but in the tech industry like when you go to a place they don't want to they don't want to like bump you up over time and like move you up they want to like pay you the same amount but give you more responsibility and more that, work that's everywhere that's everywhere yeah it's like every job so but, so that's what i th- okay well, well i mean i understand there's just a lot of turnover that way i mean mike's was mm. talking about uh, like all these tech companies that are poaching people from various places that, like the county, well, yeah because like there's a huge demand for tech people and it's it's, not it's just going up like exponentially my understanding too it's like gone are the days of like loyalty 
where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you stick with this company. I'm here for 30 years. You know, it's like, no, I'm, I worked for this co- company and I was, you know, making X dollars. And then two, three years later, pff, I'm out. And then I yep. got a pay raise because I jumped ship. Yep. I mean, that's just like how it's done now. Exactly what happened with me. And then COVID's like exacerbated it because it's like, pff, now I don't have to go to a brick and mortar place. I can, dude, I can work. Okay. Uh, and you well, stay again, the same is, place. Yeah. And Well, this is anecdotal, right? But like, I mean, I mean, I'm applying this one, one, okay, yeah. for like everything. Um, my parents had a neighbor. I can't, I think he was in the tech industry, but they had this house they were renting or whatever. And then he found out his company's like, Oh yeah, you can. And he kind of pushed to like work from home exclusively. And as soon as they said, yeah, okay, do that. Then he went and moved to Tennessee. I think it was, or Texas. Maybe he bought like 10 acres of land for way cheaper than the house they were in, sold his house there, bought it. And he's just been working from home like you go. the whole time. And it's like, he's got all this land and the kids out playing. It's like, so cool. Dang. That's, I mean, and it could have been this way a lot, a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, maybe not a long time. I'd say in the last five years, like, cause telecommunication hasn't been super great up until. Well, I think COVID kind of pushed it. Definitely. I mean, the technology has been there, but you know what I mean? Like just what we're doing now. Yeah. The quality, the internet speed. Yes. And and the, really, it wasn't super great five years ago. That's when people started pushing more. It's like, Hey, this stuff's here. This groundswell of like people work remote has been happening at least for the last five years, if not eight or 10. Yeah, COVID like shifted it to overdrive for sure, yep. but like it was already it was already headed that direction. People could no longer deny the benefits of it too. Like I think so that's another like changing costs money and it's hard. So like companies just don't want to. It's like, well, we got a we got an office, we got people coming into the office. What there's no there's no point in just like changing that until it gets forced. Yeah. For real. Well, I mean, there's like jokes about it, right? Like, I, I feel like this meeting, this meeting could have been a, an email, and and that email could have been a thought. And you can keep your thoughts to yourself. <laughs> I love that. But I mean, like seriously, like it's like, well, we can do this all. Like in my field, all the courts, there's no hearings. Well, there are like in the criminal area, but like for the most part, hearings they're all video conference. So you just it's all video conferencing. So Mm -hmm. there's no traveling to the courthouse. There's no bringing, you know, physical copies of pleadings with you to hand out to the judge and to the other side. You, you just show up at on video conferencing. It's just so, Hmm. it's just better, dude. It's like all industries. It's just, it's It's like a savings. It's a time wasted. It's it's the opposite of wasting time. Like what you just said um, before about, well, we could have just had an email and you could have just, that could have just been a thought. It's all time. Like so much time is wasted in all this stuff that people want to do. You're like, let's just get down to business. You're like doing, do your work, meet when you need to meet, figure stuff out as you go. And well, like get out of all the fluff. I love it. I, uh, I do not, (laughs) <laughs> what, well, what are you doing right now are you working <clears throat> exclusively from home or are oh, yeah. you going in like once a week or what do you know so when i was at plant therapy we had an office in boise but then covid 
hit. So then we started working remote. Some people actually kept working at the office, but then it was a cost. The company decided to just like close the office because it was too expensive. And yeah, I mean, you people weren't going in. Yeah. So once that happened, everyone was working remote and our team, because the main companies like in twin falls and they had to have people there cause it was, they're physically pick pecking and shipping. Right. Oh yeah, sure. Um, and they just got like a new big office or something, a uh, new location, but we all worked remote. We are essentially remote anyways. So that change wasn't that big a deal. So then at this new company, diamond foundry, they are based in California, but they have kind of locations everywhere, but they already like even the people who live in California, a lot of them have all were already like working remote. It was already kind of their part of their way of work, doing work. Right. Which brings up, well, if I'm remote, why do I have to live in California? Right. I don't know why any of them still do. I'm earning my California salary here. Let me go to this other state where I can buy. Yeah. I get way more. It's like family. It's it's like here. uh, Everyone's got the same. Well, I mean, I can't say that, but in general, there's a lot of people I think who stick around places because of family or other yeah, their social network of some kind yeah. of connections. Mm-hmm. And they just don't want to change it. I don't know. Sometimes I've definitely, Whit and I have talked a lot of different times about moving, but there's a lot of, I guess, hmm, it, it seems arbitrary to leave when everything's, going great and there's no yeah like if our kids were maybe maybe if a few kids were falling in with the wrong group or having a hard time or just maybe i i don't know there's lots of different reasons or maybe my job maybe maybe there'd be a reason for me to go work somewhere else see and then that's kind of not there or maybe if there was if we really couldn't afford to live here and we really hated our house and we wanted something new we would move but like we just don't none of that is true for us so it's yeah, just no point it would just be moving to move yeah, yeah exactly it's just going to be a change and then all of a sudden there's a ton of unknowns and that's a lot harder to deal with but that can be good too i, I mean don't you think if you think back to the times when you've had to move or go to a new place it might seem hard but there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of that i think i totally agree a lot of good stuff, new new experiences, new opportunities. It like changes your brain. Oh like yeah, your brain totally. has to. Uh, I mean, it just challenges it and makes it think differently. So uh, sometimes I wonder if I'm doing a disservice to my kids by not going anywhere because they've just been in this same thing like their entire life. It kind of, it kind of almost feels like the uh, kind of weird. I mean, no, I agree with you. I think there is also kind of a level of, I don't know, security that comes mm-hmm. with that to some extent. Because it's like, oh, I, you know, mom and dad would never move. You know, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Stability, so like, comfort. Like, yeah, safety. mental. Yeah. Yes. So I think there's, that, I think that's worth something. But at the same time, I remember, I mean, we moved a lot. and But at the same time, we also had, 
I mean, it was a big family. I, we were all connected. It was like, that was kind of the stability. It wasn't the house necessarily. It was the, I don't know, the relationships more than, because you guys, well, geez, y'all have moved probably as much as we have, if not <laughs> equal. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause I mean, in Redmond, y'all moved from the blue house down or no, from down below to the blue. I can't remember the sequence. Well, when, so when we first moved there, we lived in the cabin. Yeah, that's right. And then we moved to the half of the blue house. Then we moved to the garage, yeah. grandma and papa's garage. And then we moved to the full blue house. Then we moved to the cabin again for a while. And then we moved down to the. Yeah, down below. Below and built freaking module, a new house yeah. thing there. Well, and then in Boise, similar thing, right? I mean, there was uh, an Eagle first, and then I think there was a couple moves in Eagle. Yeah, we were at a condo, and then we moved to Mango. Then they were there for quite a while, Mango and then Rush. Yeah. So Mango and the condo, they were both in the same neighborhood, essentially, and then Rush was kind of out by the church, like kind of out more in the country, if you want to call it that. At that time, anyway. Now it's yeah, just, but yeah, uh, it's still pretty open out in that part of the area. Actually, is it? It's it's stayed pretty like everyone. There's neighborhoods around it, but the lots, those areas are actually all just big lots, and none of them are getting like built in. That's nice. I like yeah. that. Um. So yeah, what that's four, and then yeah. they moved to Star. I mean, my parents have moved a lot. Yeah, <laughs> they moved well, to Star, and then yeah. Well, I mean, and that's I mean, but that covers like your essentially our growing up years, right? Yeah, right, you're right. We're off doing our Rush own thing. Court. Yep. And you, how about how many times have you moved like since your adult? Like life? our moves tended to be less like local; they were more drastic. So it was yeah, like, you, you know, go to Hills- Vegas. And- yeah, Hillsborough to Hillsborough to. Actually, I think of my siblings, I'm probably the most, the one who didn't, who moved the least, it seems. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Because you're on your mission? Well, like, part of it? I moved like Hillsborough to Redmond, right? And we were in Redmond for a long time. Yeah, that's weird. And we moved around in Redmond, too. Like we were down, we were in the cabin and then. Yeah, you were going to Papa's down below, cabin. Yeah, down below. And then we went up. And then from there, we went to Meridian. And then I left on my mission. And so that was, for me, that was pretty much it. And then, you know, when I got home, they moved to Vegas when I was out. And then from Vegas up to here. And then they moved maybe two or three times here in, in Utah. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's comparable. But, but I mean, it's it probably it always like, <clears throat> well, it's like milestones of moving. You know, we moved right before my, you know, moving into high school or right before middle school. So it was like this huge, and in our, your kid mind, it's like massive, yeah. you know, this big uh-huh. Herculean change that happened. It was hard for me to move at 17, but I actually, but I knew there wasn't really much in Redmond for me at the time because a lot of my friends were moving. Yeah. I think Rob had moved to Utah. Pat was still in Redmond, I think. Anyway, but it was kind of rough. Like, 17 is a tough year for a kid. (laughs) Seriously. Seems like that Uh, whole section is pretty rough. Yeah, 17 to... Or 16. 
I don't know, 14 to 20. It's pretty, I think we like had, a lot of happens in those years. I think we had a pretty good childhood overall. I mean, mm-hmm. compared to like from what I've heard about and seen since then, I'm like, we actually had pretty good, pretty good upbringing as far as that goes. Dude, one thing you mentioned, you guys lived at the cabin and I was thinking about this story or this thing that happened that I wanted to, that I wanted to mention to you. So this is perfect because it's a funny memory. Uh, remember the time I, we, I came over really early to your house. <laughs> I was thinking and I about got up the on the day, roof. <laughs> I got up on the roof. Oh, funny. And I don't knocked know on why the window. My dad was so mad. I have oh no idea gosh, why dude. he was so mad. Well, it was the weirdest thing. Well, now that I think about it as an adult, I'm like, oh, I totally get it. I would oh, really? totally. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, maybe not as much with a cousin. I would have been like, you know, you just oh, you shouldn't okay. be climbing on the roof. He was really mad. But him walking in, like we were in there and we thought we got away with it. And then your dad <laughs> goes outside and he comes back in. And yeah. He's just like, rips one <laughs> super hard. All right, dude, it was so funny. <laughs> We just died. We, we just thought it was the funniest thing uh, ever. And then he's like, what the heck? What's going on up there? <laughs> yeah, I just lost it. He's all upset. And he's like, what are you doing here? Well, it was like kind of uh, like everybody was, so was building funny. stuff, right? So it was like, yeah. well, you're going to damage stuff, you know? And it's like, well, I was like, I walked on the nails. I understand we, right, how the exactly. roof works. Exactly. We, which is was funny because at that age, we all know you walked yeah. on the nails, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. I know as we, yeah, we had to learn a lot of different, they taught us a lot of, maybe that's the other thing that's good is really our parents and grandparents were good at telling us and teaching us a lot of important things about that kind of stuff. They didn't just let us go crazy. Right. Uh, I think that was, I don't know. We were pretty savvy. We didn't really get into <laughs> we a felt savvy. <laughs> Well, I mean, we didn't get into injury stuff. We weren't stupid. Like we knew about snakes. We knew about scorpions. We knew about, you know, we getting lost and like what to do when you get lost. lost. Like we just, like, I don't, I, I don't remember getting lost. I think, but once. I I have like three or four times that that I got lost in groups, like one time by myself and then three times with in different groups of people. You, you we got a lot. Didn't, were you with us when we were? It was really snowy, and we were going up to the buttes. Were you with us on that trip? I don't know. I, I remember like Dina I, and I got lost on the butte when it was foggy once. Really? Yeah, that was trippy. <laughs> the, it was wild because it was like, well, because you you know how we, disoriented we, you got. Yeah, yeah. Well, because we it's a weird feeling. We knew. We knew that land like the back I, of our hands, so it was right? so weird to be like all of a sudden feel like you're now. in a foreign country. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I've never been here before. What yeah, exactly, heck? dude. That's crazy. I don't. It doesn't get foggy there very often either. Right. Right. It's one another thing about here. Like if this uh, Idaho and this area in general. uh like the boy, the treasure Valley, it's kind of, even though I wish, I wish there were more trees. I wish it was wetter, but in a way it's kind of, it's a really great combination. You get a a winter, you get snow usually a little bit. 
it gets really warm in the summer. It stays warm like at night. It doesn't just drop temperature. That like Redmond, you remember Redmond? We would do Fourth of July. We do fireworks, and we're all like bundled yeah. up, just freezing out it there, like the wind and yeah, dude. Like that is unheard of here, and yeah. and in Utah too, it's pretty. It's pretty nice in Utah too. Overall, yeah. I mean, it's got in four seasons. Uh-huh. Fall and spring are really short, mm. but and the summers actually get pretty warm here. Like people, yeah. People think, oh yeah, Utah's not that. I'm like, no, it's it's, it's kind of warm. It breaks a yeah. hundred for more than several weeks. Yeah, Utah and Idaho are, have a pretty similar yeah weather pattern. I think Salt Lake might, well, in different parts of Idaho, definitely have more. They both have more extreme areas, right, where yeah. you get oh, yeah. harder winters and huh. I don't know. I think overall we had pretty good, pretty good. You, you guys thought of moving and that kind of thing, but it was more of like a, or sorry, what were you going to say? Well, yeah, no, that's a good question. I, I have a yearning for the, the forest and the green, like the green, wet rain, yeah. I want to be in the Pacific, yeah, Yeah. the Pacific Northwest, Corvallis. um, I just, I don't, like, we didn't even spend that much time, really, of my life there. Like, I guess I lived eight years in Corvallis, so that's pretty big, like, from birth to eight. So that probably left a pretty... It was strong impression sure. on me. Yeah, I was in Hillsboro during that basically yeah. the same time. Till and I loved Hillsboro too. And I go there now. I'm like, ah, I want to live here. I've had Would the you same things, dude. You're just like, yeah, absolutely, because it feels it feels like home. Yeah, I feel it feels. Uh, I don't know. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it, it's so beautiful though too. Like just the the trees yeah. and the green. And I I just love the rain. I find when it rains here, like. I go outside. I want to go walk in it. As soon as it starts raining, I'm like, can it please just rain for like a week? I just want it to rain for a week, please. And it never does. And it rains for like an hour. And then I'm. (laughs) It's so, yeah, exactly. Like it's so like everywhere I've been, it's nothing like the Pacific Northwest. Go to, I went to, when I was in Texas and in Utah, it, you know, the idea of it raining or being overcast all day. Oh, it's a rain day. It's raining today. Like, it's unheard of. No, there, that's right? like a couple of hours at yeah. the most. Yep. Yep. Here too. I mean, we. Uh, it happens in Utah too, right? Like, you do get. There are some times where you get like a full day sure, where it's at least sure. overcast. It usually doesn't rain all day, but it'll be kind of overcast and but have that rare. feeling of moisture. <laughs> uh, yeah, for real. Uh, I don't know. There's something really nice about it. The smell afterward, like everything. Is, I don't know. It just feels like yeah. home. It reminds me of home when it does that. It's just, it's nice. There's a creativeness to it. There's like a mystique and a, yeah. and a like interestingness about it. I like stuff in fog, like not being able to see something like yeah. having warmth and bright, sunny, beautiful is great, but it's pretty boring. <laughs> in general like there's it's boring oh yeah 
it's, there's a, a mysteriousness yeah to yeah because the trees you can't see everything behind it then you get rain and it's like i don't know it feels it feels really comfortable to me well maybe we'll all get up. we'll get back over there someday Dell. probably that'd be great i don't know oregon's laws are terrible right now jeez the place is going to hell in a handbasket <laughs> i yeah i don't know i feel like there's still the, lighting in portland going on did you know that She's a wheeze about what? Dude, I don't even know. Don't they, know well, so Portland's Jeez. thing is Portland is, I mean, I would never live in Portland. Yeah, Portland either. is the worst. Well, There's two, I wouldn't live two, in Portland like, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Portland, Portland's like Seattle. Seattle's the same way. There's like a yeah. march, some kind of uh, people got something to say, you know, and so they go out and they're all angry about something. It's like, well, it's such a weird, why is it when you get enough people in a place that that's what they decide to do. Like just what, just what, what do you, it seems so ineffective to me. Like, well, you're just wasting your time. Maybe it isn't though. I guess I don't understand what changes happen when people do that. Does anything change? Dude, I don't know. doesn't seem like it. It just seems like it's easier to change my own attitude about things. Yeah. Like it's just easier to do like, that. Just accept like, what it is. I don't I'm know. Just, what do you, yeah get yeah. over it I don't, you can't I change know. it i mean i guess it's like yeah this, that's a really good way to put it it's easier and you're gonna be happier if you can change your perspective and and how you uh perceive it or all of life is like this like you <laughs> right in relationships it's you and life we uh i want to say you well okay i get what you're saying us as individuals are the ones who have to change right no we can't change anyone we can't change anything else all we can actually change are ourselves it's really all the only thing we can do i mean it kind of highlights like the fact that you know your own happiness is kind of on you to a large extent i think i mean yeah, situational. Like if you're if you're in a Nazi encampment situation, like you sure. don't have if you don't have freedom of enough freedom of choice, right? Like a certain amount of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then obviously think, you can't. Yeah. What are you no, saying? I agree. I, like, well, I think uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl talked about this. He was a he was in like Auschwitz or he was in a concentration camp and he wrote a book about his experience and it was mainly about like mentally where you are with stuff mm. and dealing with extreme suffering like that. Obviously that's an extreme example. I mean, that's, that's really extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most of us have not even come anywhere near that, but at the same time we have, you know, cause I mean, you've had, maybe that's what seems so wrong about all these people doing this is they don't even know what true suffering and hardship is they don't they don't know they're complaining about i don't know whether you you are outwardly telling me you're i'm glad you're homosexual or don't know what gender you are or that you're married or not married or whatever like if i'm not telling you i'm glad about who you are then you're mad at me because i'm not affirming your like that's not hardship that is like you're just being a 
I don't know, you're worrying too much about what other people think or say to you. <laughs> Preach, man. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, it's so. And so that's like what life's feels hard wrong for everybody. I wish people yeah. would affirm me more in my stuff, but it's <laughs> like you don't necessarily want a bunch of yes men surrounding you either. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna maybe like. It feels like a very naive way to think about things because if once you, if you've ever gone down that road, you find you find out pretty quick, or seems like you should be able to find out pretty quick that that's not where you're joy or happiness will ever come from because you do it once you're like oh that didn't work like that nothing came of this i thought that would make me feel better but it didn't but so. it didn't but it didn't <laughs> so i guess i better do something else but instead i don't know there's a bunch of people who, who just won't give up and maybe it isn't maybe there's just enough people going through that cycle of like at any one time there's this many people right. in, who have never gone through it or understood it and then they go through something like that and then they do and so then there's another batch maybe that's what's happening where do you where do you find your happiness like what have you i mean obviously you've come to these conclusions like over the years and through your life like what's what's driven that yeah it's a it's a hard question for me really because I re- most things in life to me feel like it's such a series of <clears throat> events and decisions and thoughts that it it's so gradual and so organic that I can't ever, it's really hard to point at certain things as to why anything is. Um, yeah. I can... Well, like a, a thought experiment I've come up with is like like subtracting things from your life and then thinking oh, that's about a bit, yeah. how, that would, okay. how that would affect you. You start thinking, you start saying some of that stuff in it. Yeah. I'm just bad at knowing what having the enumerated list of things in my head. Oh, sure. Well, <laughs> that's, no, it's, that's it is one organic, of them. right? It's like. Yes. No, but I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that's a huge one for me, especially in the last like four years is like really analyzing what, what I want to do with my time and cutting out anything that is like unessential, unessential, non-essential. Yeah. Non-essential. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You're kind of streamlining almost. And it's kind of a combination of, it's not, I think understanding that you have to have a certain amount of self interest that's healthy, that'll keep you engaged. Like you, uh, you can't, you can't be totally unselfish, I think, and be, you have to have a certain amount of selfishness to be, to find some happiness, but it's just like any of the, any of the combinations of, if you're too selfish, you're not going to be happy either. Cause then usually that affects your relationships and, and, uh, well, but, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a self interest. I'm interested in, 
And you kind of expand the idea of yourself, right? It's like me and mine. Yeah, that's true. Right? I mean, it's yeah, like that's a good point. Me and the missus, you know, <laughs> we, we want to go do this thing. You know, we want to move or we want to take this job or we want to. Yeah. I mean, you're shaping your life. I, I think it's easy to fall into a trap of doing things because you think you need to do them or should do them or because you think maybe other people expect you to or they'll be disappointed if you don't or something and i don't that all to me is like living in fear maybe so kind of like not trying to live live fearlessly (laughs) live without fear like and living with faith like i don't know what's going to happen ever in the future of anything so right right you just kind of you but you don't want to let that be turn you into a completely negative person because of it instead you're like well i'm just gonna do the things that have worked so i kind of live by systems really is what i've uh gotten into a lot i believe systems are what run the everything and if we can live, have some kind of system for our lives, um, and it expands to like I see it at work, in jobs, um, in companies, people, people in companies who don't have any kind of systems, they just they have a really hard time. Uh, and for me kind of like habitual and like patterns in my life that I like to have uh what what is it called when it's when you have um like a like a protocol you have procedures and yeah it's almost like a religious thing traditions yeah traditions Traditions. or or, uh or uh rituals rituals Uh, yeah like yeah, a ritual. rituals, you know, like pizza night on Friday or something, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But even, I guess I think mostly in terms like just daily life, I follow, like I have a few rituals that I do and that's what like keeps me stable and in yeah. a, and in like a happy state generally is like, as long as I do certain things in the morning and certain things at night, like everything else kind of works yeah, out. Bookending your day, uh-huh. so to speak. Yeah, dude, Art of Manliness talks about this a lot, rituals and traditions mm. and bookending your day, making sure you're doing, you kind of have similar things that you do in the morning, similar things you do in the evening every time. Yep. Huh. Helps you mentally big time, I think. I mean, yes. habits, are, habits are good overall. Yeah. So you if don't have to make a habits. decision. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. But I mean, you don't have to make a decision about every little thing all the time. It's like, no, mm-hmm. this is this is what I do. This is my habits. This is, I, I've analyzed this. This makes me like you, you start to be happy with the process and the yes. system that you have in place. Yes. So that, that, because you, you've heard that expression, you know, joy in the journey, right? Uh-huh. It's like yeah. I've never understood that. I've always looked at it like, oh, when I get to this destination, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then I never am. And so then right. you're, you're looking at life like you're white knuckling life and it's miserable until I finally until arrive I at this finally place. Arrive and you're like, oh, I'll never like, get there. Yeah, and I'll and I'll never get there. So then I'm just miserable all the time. Instead, I'm like, okay, I have this system in place, 
and I enjoy it. I like, I've tweaked it so that it's what I like and it makes me happy. So I do that. So then you, over time, it's like, man, you know, I've actually had a pretty good, pretty good, you know, life or pretty good few years lately or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. No, that's, that's totally what I'm thinking of. Like the, it's a, it's a balance too, right. Of, um, just because it's a process and a system, what I find is like, I have a group of things or different things that I do, but they change. So like, I'll go through times where I'm into comic books or um, building, you know, really getting into doing work on the side or building other things or maybe something in the real world. And so I kind of allow myself to, I don't force myself to do like any certain uh, directed thing necessarily. Like, and I balance what I, what I have to do with work and family and, you know, marriage and, oh, that's most of it. (laughs) And like uh, civil stuff with like getting some of this nice stuff in life and making sure that I do that because it's a a sustainable thing of if you can't keep yourself in a sustained state, what happens is you have, you get highs and lows. So I'm trying to find, I like to have a really, you know, I like to have a really easy, simple. Yeah. That's what I prefer. I want to be effective. Like I really want to use my time effectively. I want to do really good at work. I want to be there for my kids and for Whitney. And I want to like, um, meet expectations that they have, but also, I don't know. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've put in syst- your own systems in place within a giant, a, a bigger system, so that you you've so you can accomplish all of those those things. Your own internal expectations or hopes, maybe not expectations, maybe they're just hopes. So you can yeah. accomplish those things because they make you happy, and you've discovered that over your life. It's like you know what? I don't do this in the morning. I do this and this because that helps me. You know, whatever. Yep. And and then in the larger scheme of it, it's like, oh, my, you know, I've, I've got a certain, so you have leeway. It's not like, oh, I, yes. I, I only have, you it's know, not five to six, right. Seven to nine. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you have leeway and that's, that's where the spontaneity. Yeah. Can come in. Yeah. And you're actually ready for it. I think that's right. the other thing. Like you're actually prepared for it because of this other stuff you're doing. Um, it kind of reminds me of like uh, a vacation, right? Where you're, they, everybody complains about like, oh, I need a vacation for my vacation. It's like, well, you know, I, I've planned what I want to have fun with because I'm familiar with the system. I've created a system for this. So then when I go do this, it's like it's really enjoyable because now mm. I've got this kind of fine-tuned. Yeah. I know that sounds weird because no. you think, oh, it should be spontaneous. But it's like, no. No. I kind of tweaked it so that it's like <laughs> it's you- really fun now. I don't know. Cool. I'm not really explaining this very well. I'm sorry. No, I think you're right on. I I know what you're saying. It's, but I think maybe what you're saying is you're planning things, but you're not planning it extremely strictly, but you're planning enough of the things that when you go and do that, you're going to be, 
you know you're going to be happy even if you spent like half the time doing something that wasn't maybe what the trip was. Right. But it's okay because what you went for, you succeeded in doing. And you know this other stuff is going to happen, I guess. Uh, I think, have you heard of, it's like a luck. There's a luck thing. Like when people say they make their own luck or they're lucky. Yeah, I've heard those expressions. Yeah. Well, really, and as some people, what I like, uh, how some people have described it is you, it's more like you're prepared to accept an opportunity and, and to like move with something. So I was trying to explain this to Chloe, who's my youngest. She's nine right now. She, where if she, she, so she woke up at, 9 30 or 10 hung out around the house whatever was just doing stuff and then we were gonna we decided we need to go to the store and she wasn't able to come with us because she hadn't done her chores and she wasn't dressed and we needed to just go where on the opposite side of that evely had woken up she's is she 10 now Jeez, no she's yeah, she's going to be 11. Or maybe she's going to be 10. Oh my gosh, Dallin. I don't you're know good, my kids' dude, ages. <laughs> so, Evely, she woke up at like 8.30, did her chores, did the dishes, did like was on top of all this, yeah. was dressed. And when we came downstairs, we're like, oh, we got to go to the store. She's like, oh, I want to go. And she came with us. Yeah. And that is exactly like that. And so, hopefully, Chloe will which is also why it's important to have a consequence. Like we could have said, cool, Chloe, yeah, throw on some clothes, let's go. But instead using it maybe as a learning opportunity that hopefully she'll understand, like if I get up, do what I need to do first, then if something happens that I don't know what's going to happen, I can take, advantage I can take that advantage, take advantage of that opportunity and, and, and like do something. It's, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're putting your systems in place so that you you're setting yourself up to take advantage of, of potential opportunities that might come down the pipeline. Right. I mean, yeah. maybe she went and did her chores, you know, for whatever reason she had, but it set mm-hmm. herself it, unknown to her at the time. Maybe it set herself up to be able to take advantage of going to the store with mom and dad. Cool. I get to go do stuff now. Exactly. That is, that's fun and enjoyable. Uh-huh. And, but that's all again within this framework. It's not like some. Well, yeah. Once you understand that there is, well, could, and and think about how that that can play out for anyone. You sleep in, or you don't. You're not ready, and then something happens. We just don't. Maybe it's part of that. Like you don't know what's in the future or what's going to happen. So if you're never ready to take advantage of an opportunity, then you're never gonna, you're just never going to go. You're, you're not going to progress. Not only maybe, will you, yeah. Well, I was, not only will you, you know, not be able to take advantage of, you know, whatever that opportunity or opportunities, but you may not even see them. Like you may not even recognize mm, good them. Good point. Good point. 
and it might even make you a more bitter person because you feel like the world is against you and you never get to do the things you want to do. <laughs> it's again, it's one of those. And it's like, really, Seriously. I need to look inside. What am I? How come? What am I doing? You, you got to look inside and what can I change about myself to get a different outcome? I think a lot of outcome, a lot of the outcome is our perspective, our thoughts about the outcome <laughs> to, to an extent. I mean, it's not entirely. Yeah, can you explain well, on that a little bit? Well, um, like in my job, right? Um, we'll, uh, I don't want to go too crazy into the details because it's okay. just like nonsensical, but essentially like we'll, uh, you know, we'll get opposing counsel comes back and they maybe have some argumentative whatever and they're kind of being a jerk. At the same time, they're also conveying information about a case, right? And then I'll go talk to my boss about it and he's like, great, awesome. Because he's thinking about like the end result and he doesn't even care about like the means. He's just like, okay, the end result is this, perfect. Is it exactly how we got there? No, but that's what we, in other words, I, I guess, what am I trying to say? He, like sometimes you got to have a, you got to think about. Like, it's not important that I was offended along the way, or it's yeah. not important that I was, that you said this hurtful thing to me. The point is, is I got to, I was able to accomplish this thing that I was trying to accomplish. That's the important thing. And it's like, well, revel, revel in that. Be happy about that outcome that you got mm. or that most of the outcome happened rather than, oh, well, it was supposed to be this and, and I didn't quite get all of, you know, it's like focus on, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Like kind of the I'm path, saying. the path to while you're getting from to the outcome, that path isn't always going to be the same and there's going to be things that go wrong. But like staying focused on what you're, where you're trying to go or that you got even the outcome that you wanted. Well, I mean, I, I go, I, that's a bad, regardless, I'm, I'm using like you're getting it. stuck maybe in, you're, you're trying to explain, you're getting, getting stuck in the middle of the process and not realizing or. Yeah. Because the, it, it's uncomfortable. You know, Evie could have easily said, you know, I don't want to do this because it's uncomfortable. I'm trying to do my chores here early in the morning. I'm I'm getting up and doing all this stuff. And for okay. what, you know? But she got in and, and she's doing it regardless of whether she's enjoying it or not. And then yeah. she got this this opportunity that came up and she was able to take full advantage of it, right? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I have a point here. I was, guess I was just, <laughs> just well, <laughs> boring ideas, but. The, have you heard? So this is kind of in line with a, and I'm going to say it wrong. It's like eating, eating the frog, eating your frogs, eating. It's like, are you talking about the I, Aesop's fable? The crane eats the frog and it like grabs his throat. So he can't No, It's more like doing the thing that you hate the most and just doing it first. And then everything else is pretty easy. So that's another kind of mantra or way I've found to, to like, if I, when I do that, I don't do it all the time <laughs> when I'm successful at like doing the things I don't want to do first life feels better. When I don't do that, I start feeling like I'm behind, like I'm trapped. Like I have too much 
too many of these things to do and I never get them done. It's because I'm not doing some, you know, doing enough of them first. You know what I'm saying? I think so. I mean, it's, That's, yeah. you, you've met your, your baseline uh, expectations. So everything above that is. Well, and, and it's right. kind of like, you won't ever get it done. Otherwise is the other part. So maybe it's like, I'm going to do, I've got to, so today I've got to do, I've got to build, I got to hang some pictures, hang some drapes. I've got to take the car to the car wash and I've got to do my taxes. So I could put my taxes off, sure. do all this other stuff because taxes sound painful, or I could do my taxes first and really everything else is gravy after that. <laughs> and it really probably because you're doing it first, you have more mental abil- capability of like to accomplish the task that's painful and hard. And then the other stuff you can just do. So if I, I do that. I apply this at work too. Applies to my personal life, to work, pretty much everything. I mean, I guess that's, that's my life down. Well, I mean, I got I personal think, life and I got work. Well, it's like, uh, well, I think that's everybody. Yeah. Really. I, I, mean, know. I was just trying to think of another one. I'm like, hmm, I don't, is there anything else? Does there need to be? No. I mean, well, I mean, that's your system, right? Like you were describing. It's like, this is yeah. the leeway that I have within this framework that I have. I've met my expectations. I've met my hopes. And, you know, for today, knock out yeah. like the hardest task. And so now I've got leeway with these other projects. If I don't are, get them done, yeah, eh, it's okay. Right. Right. Whereas, you know, not doing my taxes today, it's going to grind at me tomorrow yes. or the next day. And it's, and it's those like, things uh, that like any yeah. of those things that's going to really cut, cut at you or like really get you mentally, you got to do those. Like if I, yeah, I don't, those are the best things to get out of the way. Cause then you don't have that mental taxation. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's at the back of your mind. Just always kind of talking at you. Hey, it's like, ah, I need to do that. Oh, I need to do that. Yeah. Yes. I found like taking action is something I really try to do. You know, uh, like the minute I think of something, if I can, I try, if anything, I'll, I'll try to add it to my calendar or something like that. I've just gone most you, of my life, probably uh, gone through and like, you know, you say things in conversation like, oh, I should do that or we should get together sometime. I'm like, what day works good for you? <laughs> you know, like, like you, you take it might not be a ton of action, but you're taking some immediate steps toward a, toward actually doing that thing, whatever it might be. Yeah. Immediately. Otherwise, like, oh. understanding that otherwise it actually won't ever happen. So if I don't actually want it to ever happen, that's when you use those kind of terms. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, sometime. Cool, dude. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> or I say that to myself. My inner brain's like, you <laughs> like you got to do this, man. What the heck? I'm like, yeah, uh, okay. Uh-huh. Sure. I'll, I'll do it. To Some, it. You know, it'll happen. <laughs> don't worry. I got it. <laughs> yeah. But I think, well, like what you were saying previously, right? You, you feel 
like internally, mentally, you feel, I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember exactly what you okay. said, but I mean, you, you feel better. Like you feel more accomplished about it. It's because I like, okay, did I fully knock out this particular thing? No, but I, I thought about it and I immediately took some steps or, you know, adjusting my system mm-hmm. to be able to accomplish it later or, or definitively later as opposed to, oh yeah, I need to get to that. I need to get to that. Yep. It's like, oh, I did put it on the calendar. I did chalk out some time for it. I did, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, whatever the thing might be. Oh, you know, I, I put gas in the car, you know, because I, I know yeah, I've got to drive to this thing tomorrow or, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Right. I mean, being on top of stuff. Yeah. Well, right. The important Sorry. stuff. No, <laughs> yeah. that, the important stuff, right. You're being on top of it. It's your own. Cause that, that. It, it feels good. I don't yeah. like, I guess there's like a certain amount of preparedness and like filling up the car with gas is a good example because for me, most of my life, how I did it was I was always, for some reason, I always felt like I was scraping by it. I'd just like add, put 10 bucks in every once in a while or like 20. Yeah. I would hardly ever fill the car up. And now I like, I'm so much, I feel so much better when it's like half a tank. I just go to the gas station like, and I fill it up. And I'm never worried about like being yeah. at just always running it at the tail end. And so it feels like you're always behind kind of. Yeah. Sort of. It's to like some extent maybe. And this is what it is. It's like all the little pinpricks. So as many things in my life as I can, that I know that bother me that add to that tension and stress, I've cut them out or I've tried to find ways of make it, turning it over into something that makes me feel like, proud of myself and I feel accomplished. Yeah, that's What's, a good way to put it in that No, that's, uh, yeah, it's, I've, I've experienced <laughs> similar, I think to a certain extent. What, what do you think has been the kind of the catalyst for that or the driver for that overall? I mean, growing, some of growing it's up like <laughs> born of necessity, right? It's like to some extent, I think a lot of it is, I mean, so when I say growing up, I guess, I mean, like for, for me, I like my twenties and my early thirties, I was pretty much an alcoholic and I was just trying to escape my life and, and not deal with it. And I felt like I wasn't, I kind of felt like I didn't get a chance to live my life. Maybe a little bit, the kind of experience some of the things I wanted to. Um, and about five, uh, I, like I quit drinking about five. I can't remember. <laughs> I should have a date. I think I have on my calendar somewhere four or five years ago. Um, it's like so, what? It's like family events. You can't remember job yeah, change. I don't, know. Like, I don't know. Five, I quit drinking sometime. I quit drinking totally. I mean, so I, I don't. I don't drink alcohol at all anymore. Yeah. I haven't for five years. Yeah. Um, I never went to any programs. I just well, I almost killed myself. But it like the pain of this isn't directly going towards what I'm talking about. But it's like backstory. No, it the good. pain of I the 
the pain of doing it became more than the joy I got out of it. So yeah, that finally happened or I hit rock bottom. There's a lot rock of different bottom. ways people talk about yeah. it. Describe it. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't like an immediate thing. Like I continued to have, like, I still wanted to drink, but then every time I did, I felt horrible. Um, but then, so at some point I just, I just like decided not to do it, it ever again. Like I started at plant therapy and I think from then that might've been the real date, but like kind of moving to a new company and just, it's kind of a, it's kind of a way to reset your yeah, life fresh. expectations a little bit. It's a little bit of a fresh start. Fresh start. Yeah. Since then, and even actually at my time at GLG, where I was kind of like still drinking, but like really having a rough time, really being sick a lot. I, when I started not drinking, I really realized how much I could focus. And I started to like really appreciate maybe my life instead of being afraid of it or not wanting to deal with it. And I started taking responsibility for things that I wasn't and that I was afraid. I was living in fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I started to overcome that. And, but a lot of that came with time where I was like, I felt I was ready to do it. I just wasn't ready. I could, like, I just wasn't ready to, to do it at the time. Part of it is like budget. I totally yeah. took over our budget. We were, we weren't doing good. Um, and I had a goal. I like set a goal for getting out of consumer debt completely. And I did Dave. I, I read some of Dave Ramsey's stuff or, and heard some of his things and he had this debt snowball yeah. thing. Yeah. And that idea really worked for me. It made sense. It was simple. And I didn't even have to, like, I didn't sign up to his full program. I don't really like programs <laughs> of sure. stuff. Uh, but I, the ideas, I can grab onto the ideas and generally, like, if I, if I like it, I can, I'll follow it. So I did that and we were able to get like out of debt after like two, about two years. And like, that was huge. Yeah. And so just things in my life started and I could think clearly because I wasn't sick and drinking all the time. And I, w and I was focused, I was actually focused on, I was being intentional about my life. Uh, and that felt good. And it felt good. And where, where am I going with this? I lost track. Well, I mean, it seems like you kind of took some elements of things and created your own system over the years. So it's like, this is how I operate. Yeah. Was that your question? What was your question this last? Well, it was just like, what's, what's been kind of the driver for, or what's been the catalyst to, kind of make you because i mean you were talking about you know mm. bookending your day and and creating yeah. your own systems this this framework within which how you operate on a day-to-day -day basis you know you know getting gas in the car you know things like that doing doing the hard things so that and i just was wondering like what brought you to that or how how did you get there i think some of it too is life expectancy like realizing i'm so i'm 40 now and I, when I was starting to come up on that age, you like realizing that I'm pretty much a halfway of my life. Yeah. If I'm lucky, I'll live 
80. I don't know if that's lucky or not, but if I'm, I don't know if I want to live to 80. I know that's what I was just saying. <laughs> hmm, I don't know if I want to put that, but, but I mean, there's a chance that I'll only be alive for another 20 30. to 40 years. Right. Um, and so some of that, it's like, well, making those hours count becomes important to me now. And like really, and th- and that's where like cutting out the stuff that brings me stress and really spending time doing the things that I, that I, that bring me joy. It was hard for me to pinpoint that for a long time. What are the things that bring you joy? Um, definitely my family, like spending time with my kids and just Your relationships with each of them. Yeah. That kind of thing. And, you know, in my relationship with Whitney has really gotten a lot stronger over the years and like having them, I think what brings me joy is like being with them, but feeling like they respect me and they're proud of me. They're proud. Like, I feel like I went through a time there where they were, they were kind of ashamed of me probably. And or at least we're like, weren't real happy about how our relationship and maybe just felt like maybe I wasn't like, I wasn't there for Whitney. Like I needed to be in a lot of times where she had to take up a lot of the slack. So now where I feel like I'm really dependable for them. I'm a really constant, I'm a stable, um, you know, I'm a solid foundation. I'm something, uh, what, eh, what is the thing where it's like, I'm a constant. I really want to be a constant in their life. Yeah. And I feel like I am that now and I wasn't before. And so that's, that's what really brings me joy. Cause I feel like that's, what's going to help them. All of them, Whitney and the kids really be able to be, who they want to be and to grow is to have that constant, consistent presence and support. And and that feels being that feels good for you. That 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 brings yes. you joy and happiness. It's like I I am this. This is what I am for the family. This is what I'm bringing to the table. Yep. And and kind of like finding myself again, like you know, really being true to what I enjoy and you know it's like kind of get back into having buying some toys and like well oh, a friend yeah. of mine at work uh ben quick shout out if he ever hears this recording um i've worked with him in the past two companies um he mentioned one time when we were talking like that he had he tries to do something nice for himself, like on, like on a daily basis. It's like you, like a reward. Um, and that's something that I never did. And now I try to do that and it really makes a difference uh, for me. What does that look like? What do you so mean? I think before I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy things that maybe I wanted or I wouldn't, 
go do a thing that I wanted because I felt like it wasn't fair. I could, I shouldn't take that away. It was like, I was taking in something away from my family because the money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it could be, it could be part of like over the years, I've been able to make more money. So that could be part of what it's like. It's enabled me to, change how i'm doing some stuff but it's also like drinking and being and managing my budget and time has all kind of gone to that too of where like if i'm at a store and i see something like it seems so (laughs) it's not always consumerism but it's the easiest example i can think of right no i'm with you i'm with you i'm on amazon i'm at the store i see a thing and it's like you know i've always wanted that or I would really just like a, a little candy bar right now, or just like some gum. I'll just get it. Yeah. And that's like, the, it's just like a little reward. Like, you know, I work really hard. Like I should do something nice for myself. Yeah. It's like uh, prioritizing because before it was like dealing with this internal pressure yes. of being like uh, this, Oh, I shouldn't do that. Jeez. I, and then, it, and then that like I'm already doing all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then it metastasizes into, well, I just can't have any, I can't enjoy anything. And then, and then, and that just gets into all the, the pain of, of just life. Cause now it's like, I'm not even able to enjoy the, the process. Like even the process isn't very enjoyable. And that, and then, you know, addiction is the escape. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm going to manage and prioritize myself to some extent on a mm-hmm. regular basis. I mean, so that you're not, well, I don't, I, now I'm philosophizing here. Sorry. But <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, you're right. But I, I think I'm, I think I'm understanding what you're saying. That's a really good way of putting it. Another thing I thought of was I would, I, I felt for a long time because I was doing all the stuff that I felt like uh, it was hurting my family. Like I would do, I would like stay up and do the dishes or different things. But whenever I did that, it never felt, it was like, I felt like I was making up for instead of helping. So there was a lot of stuff. I think most of the stuff in my life, it was all about like making up for instead of uh, building up or because I love you or because I want to support you. This is me being consistent. Yeah. This is me being that constant. I think that we i'm speaking like the royal like all of us you know society whatever like we kind of look at relationships as if they're transactions Hmm. like oh okay you know oh i'm i'm in arrears you know i i owe you stuff so Hmm. so now i'm I'm gonna go and a fairness yeah and a fair like a sense of fairness or justice like okay well you know my my wife you know, she, she did the dishes all tit last for week or something. Yeah. Tit for that. Exactly. And, and while I think there's, there's certainly, I don't know, obviously I'm not married. I'm, I have no idea what I'm saying, but like, it just seems like, Sounds like there, is an, there is an element of that, but it's <laughs> not, it changes your reason for doing things, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. No, there, you, yeah, it's interesting because that there almost there is a bit of that, and that's a and it's healthy. But if that's like your whole Driver. marriage, yeah, whew, it's rough. 
definitely well, I mean, been there. Well, like, well, explain it a little bit more. I mean, you're, you're talking about, well, I, I would do the dishes because I felt like I was making up for something. So what's, what's changed? Like you've gone from, oh, I feel like I'm making up for something. And now, now you're doing like, it hasn't changed. I st- I'm still doing the dishes. You know, I don't want <laughs> yeah. using this example, but oh, that's all right. But but now, the laundry. You know, yesteryear you were doing the laundry, and now you're still doing the laundry. But it's the whole thing, the whole dynamic has changed. Yeah, weird, huh? Like what? Like what? <laughs> what has changed? I mean, like what is? And it's I, better. I re- is it better? I assume it is. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it. It's really because. Um, I don't know. Maybe just my perspective, but I think it was reality of. The, the failings I had um, when I would get drunk and I would spend a lot of time, I wouldn't be at home. So I'd work really late and I, you know, I kind of prioritized doing other stuff over being with the family in general. Um, not to say I'd never spend any time with them because I did and I and I've always loved my kids and I've always loved spending time with them but I think especially during the week um, it was like what whatever work kind of would come first and drinking you know and so that's where when I would do that stuff it was like well last night it was wasted and Maybe I said something rude or maybe I didn't show up when I would have a hard time showing up to things when I was supposed to, or I just wouldn't show up at all. Um, and so making up for all of those, those times, those expectations that were, you know, it's kind of like those marriage contracts of commun and communication. My communication was poor. I wasn't being honest with myself. That's the reality of it, right? I was living in fear. I wasn't being honest with myself. Uh, so that's another part of the system, right? Is really trying to be honest with myself about what I, how I feel, what decisions I'm making, what, if I'm re- why I'm doing a thing. Um, Like a uh, level of, sorry. You know, like a, it's like a level of internal, like er, not everybody else, just me, like yes. being transparent with myself. It's like, yeah. why am I really wanting to do this? Let's be honest with myself. Well, it's because I don't want to deal with this situation because it's painful because of X, Y, and Z factors, right? Yep. I and I never to go- wanted to say that. Yeah. And I didn't want to talk to Whitney about it. But then once we did, and even now, so now I can say, and I'll say plainly how I feel about something, and then we can talk about it. Um, Like, I'm discovering for myself, like, being able to acknowledge feelings and just let them, and just watch them for what they are. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to do this because I'm angry because I don't want to be in that situation because it's painful and it's socially awkward and it causes me pain and I feel alone and I don't want to be in that situation anymore. And like all of that is I'm feeling all of that Mm. and being able to say, it's okay that I'm feeling that. And just like, let's just sit here in this feeling for a minute. And, and, And instead of feeling ashamed, oh, well, I shouldn't feel that way. Well, you really should go to that thing. It's like, no, 
I'm going to just feel okay being in this feeling and it's valid. And I can, I can feel this. And you can choose what you want to do. Yeah. Still. Right. Yeah. But at that point though, I'm being a lot more transparent with myself about it Uh instead of going, well, I'm going to go off to my, my addictions here. Well, and that's the thing too, is it's an awareness. Like I was in a cloud. I didn't want to think about anything. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to think about why I was thinking or feeling or doing a certain thing. So yeah, that's part where it's like growing up. When I say growing up, like being an adult, taking account, make um, being accountable and responsible and like really owning being an adult. And I think this is a problem in our society is there's a lot of people who don't ever think about or want to be, what it, what an adult means to me is like being account, being accountable, taking responsibility for your actions. Um, I mean, those are kind of the core. I can't like those two things. Pe- in, like, there's a lot of people who never get over it, right? Sure, and just don't ever want to. And it's a problem in business. It's a problem in life. I mean, it's it's crazy how everything is. It's like the same everywhere. <laughs> Everything's the same. Every personal like thing you can learn can apply in every aspect of your life. I, f- I find that it's incredibly interesting to think about and bizarre that it can be the case. I guess. <laughs> I just I just had a thought as you were describing that, like, because you were talking about your systems, right? And I I don't know. I just love this. Because you're, you're doing like the hard things first, and then uh-huh. you've got this framework of systems that you've created for yourself. Like, this is how I operate. Um, and I'm thinking about like uh, David Bednar, Elder Bednar gave a talk, and he was talking about like a truckload, right? And we used to do this. Like, we'd go out in the woods or whatever, you know? But you load up your truck, and it's, well, like I'm stuck in the snow, and my truck can't go anywhere, but I keep mm. chopping wood, and I throw all this wood into the back, and... I'm working and what that has done is actually put weight in the back and that forces the the truck bed down so that my tires can get traction in the snow here so then I'm actually able to get out of the situation or I'm not stuck anymore. In other words, the load is what's helping me to get through. Oh, yeah. So, you know, in other words, my responsibilities, you know, if, my accountability if you're capable to, of holding the load. Well, sure, right. Maybe sure. you have a car and it can't hold the load. <laughs> Anyway, well, I, it, like, it's, I'm sorry to get you off track. No, 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 you're good. Well, I mean, like life. I mean, what you're talking about, it's like, well, I've got my job and I've got priorities here, but yep. I've also got some other priorities. And it's it's this load that is essentially helping me to go through and operate. And I've found, based on what you're describing to me, you've found joy mm-hmm. in doing all of that, in being that constant for the family and in I mean, that sounds like happiness to me. That sounds like joy, contentment. I don't know. Yeah, it is for me. Yeah. Feeling joy. Going out in the morning, I like to make coffee every morning, and then I go out and sit on the – Or I love just go out on our deck, and I sit out there, and I close yeah. my eyes, and I listen to the sounds, and I breathe in the air. It's like a little form of meditation maybe, but – that that's a thing that I do and it makes a big difference 
to my day. It's that but, ritual. Yeah, it's that ritual. Um, I think it's interesting what you just pointed out, though, and about the load. And he, when I mentioned, if you're not capable of holding the load, and that, and I think this is where, like, at that time in my life, I was a Honda Civic out in the snow with, and I couldn't, the load was just like falling. It's like, yeah. here comes the logs and they're just yeah. falling off. And I, and I was just like, I was incapable of it, but I was also, there's also an element of choice, but I really feel like I just, I wasn't capable of dealing with what I had going on um, at the time. There's probably some, some shame in that because it's like, well, I should be able to do that. Yeah, but I, absolutely. But you just you, you can't, and then you. you I mean, I, I don't know your specific situation, but I'm just speaking in general. Like, because I feel I can't admit that I I can't handle it, that mm. I'm incapable, yes. and I'm ashamed that I can't yep. do it because I should be able to. Uh-huh. So then you just you just start hating life and you hate the situation and you hate yourself because it's like, well, I should be able to do this, that, and the other. Yeah, and I can't. That, and that's what and that's painful when, when if people ever listen to this it's kind of i think we touched on it before like there's a timing for things even when it seems and this is where the shoulds is like you feel the shame because like i should be able to handle this and take this and like be able to do this and i'm i'm not able for some reason and so then you beat yourself up and i think it, it's like uh, what were we else were we talking about? I can't remember about timing or something where like we can't, you can't always be ready, but like we, we try to set ourselves up to be ready, but we aren't always ready for situations. And sometimes they beat us down and it's okay. Like we well, hating like- yourself because you're not capable at the time is not the answer. Right. Right. Either. And sometimes it's hard to find help. Sometimes you just have to endure it. And sometimes you have to just endure it until you get to the other end and where you can finally see if or what it was. And, and hopefully you've at some point were able to get a truck and, and endure the load. I, yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I don't know. It takes a lot, I think, to, to come back from from that place of shame, and then a lot of years, a lot of years, and then you know, not arriving, but because it's, I think, life's more of a process than a, a destination. Absolutely, is. and I, I've found that hard for me. Like for years, it's like, oh, when I get to this point, then I'll be happy, or you know, when I. But hmm. has that been changing for you at all? I Lately, think so. Yeah. Or I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I mean, are you in are you enjoying the process right now? Maybe yes that's not no. fair for me to ask right now. No, yes and no. I don't know. Yes and no. I think we we have ebbs and flows. I mean, like what you're talking yes. about, you have years where it's like this is miserable. Yes. Yeah. This is not great and then and then it, it changes and life continues and you keep striving. But I mean, like you said, you can't be, 
or maybe I, that's what I heard. I don't know. You can't, you can't be on your A game or you can't ha- be in the right place to receive a particular opportunity. I keep thinking about your Chloe and Evie yeah. example. It's like, you know, sometimes you're Chloe where, you know, you just didn't prepare and, and maybe you didn't even recognize the opportunity or maybe you did and you recognize and you saw it pass you by and you're ashamed of that and that's something you regret. And then other times there are plenty of opportunities that you were able to take advantage of and, and, and do. And I mean, I, I know this is kind of off topic, but I, I, there was something I, I remember when you and I were young that I totally just, I just respected the hell out of you for it. I, I, I don't know where you got the strength or whatever, but I, and, and maybe I'm, I mean, it was just my vision of at the time. I, I can't remember how old we were. I want to say we were like 18 or 19, somewhere in there. And like, I don't know what it was, but you got like this burr under your saddle, so to speak. And you just went after this degree. I can't even remember what the degree it was, but it was a, like a technical degree. And you just like went after it. Hmm. And, and, uh, ITT. I yeah. ITT maybe that's tech. what it was. Yeah. I like, you just killed it. Like you just walked up one side of it and back down the other from what I, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Like you just got A's I f- or I found A's or something. what I was looking like, for. Yeah. 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 You just like, you went after it. And like, I just, and for me, at that time, it was just mm. just that was admirable, just amazing to me. But mm. then what it yielded afterward, and I, I probably heard this through the grapevine over the years, like, oh, well, yeah, Stan's doing this. And I'm like, what the heck? It's like, wow, it's a good thing he went and did that, that degree. It was almost like you yeah. knew something. It was almost like kind of prophetic in a way, like you <laughs> instinctually like you instinctually went after this thing, but it, it mm. created all these other opportunities for you later. And, yeah. and you were able to see, not only see these other opportunities that were fantastic opportunities, but like take full advantage of them, like dive right after mm. them. And I just, mm. I don't know. It just seemed really, I don't know. I, I just, I just respected you so much for that. I just <laughs> wow. admired you so much for that. I know it's a little thing, Thanks, but, but it, yeah. Well, let me tell you that it wasn't, I didn't even have to try. <laughs> I, I found this was what happened. I was looking forever and the ITD tech, the reason I joined it is because it was a two-year program. It was focused. It was hands-on. So I'm, it's, for me, that's what I needed. For me, I have to, I'm a hands-on, do stuff and have outcome. I'm not a four-year degree, go to these English classes, do this thingies yeah. for maybe I'll come out and I don't know what's going to happen. I couldn't, I tried that for a long time. And I mostly studied like fine art. I was into art and doing design and, and that more. But so then that spoke to me. And once I got in there, it's like, I loved what I was doing. And I really found it was like stuff I had done before I was even in school. Right. Like you remember when we would, yeah, but we would make stuff with software. So I would use, we even programmed back in the day. I don't know if you remember, do you remember like we had the old beige boxes? Yeah, I think so. we do Mario teaches typing. I taught myself how to type with that game, with the help oh, of the yeah. game. Marvelous bacon. Um, anyway, it's like all of this other stuff really just led up to that happened. It like just, it locked in for me and I was able to be focused and do the stuff that I 
was I really enjoyed doing. And you're right. And then, but I was also very, because I loved it. And I guess maybe that's why I'm saying it wasn't hard or whatever is I put a ton of work into it and yeah. time Just and effort like, yeah. <laughs> because I loved it, but that's really what it takes, right? It's if you're not putting that time and effort in, you're not going to be prepared for the opportunity later. Maybe that's why it stood out to me so much is that it didn't seem like something I could do. And it was <clears> so <throat> amazing that you were, you were swimming and I'm over here. It felt like I was drowning. Yeah. Not, not that I was There's a different myself. time of life for you. Yeah. Is that how it seems now? If you look back at it, look, at, look back at it. Sure. I'm just like, that's, I mean, cause I'm two, am I two years older than you? Yeah. I'm, I'm 30 right now. I'll be 39 okay. this year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's and, and definitely that like that's the thing. Ago. I mean, you know, sure. And that's maybe that's like a really good example of when, like, for you, it felt you kind of felt like, oh, I, how am I ever gonna? Am I ever gonna be able to do that? Like, that's I wait, like I want that, right? There's but you were two years back, so maybe like you got into. I could say the same thing for you. Like you went in and you. I don't know a lot about what schooling you went into, but it seemed like you found what you wanted and loved and really dug into it. Do you feel that way? Uh, to a certain extent, to a certain extent, I think, I don't know that I'm, I'm there yet, but <laughs> it's ongoing. There, there was like a window of time there where we were all in, 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 uh, I think y'all were still in Eagle. I don't know. You, you just had this string of like decisions, like really mm. big decisions, and you just you just nailed them. You just stuck the landing. In my point of view, I mean, it, obviously. Uh, well, that's well. I, I just remember. Uh, I, maybe you're some, giving me too much credit. <laughs> I, uh, maybe I. I don't know. I just remember. Well, okay. So ITT, right? That my impression yeah. of that, and then we were we were chatting. One evening, I think we were hanging out with Whitney and then you and I were just, it seemed like oh. we were on the street corner. Like I was about to leave or something and drive off and it was dark. It was late at night and you were just talking and you're like, dude, I'm, uh, I, really I, like, I, I really like Whitney. Like I really, <laughs> yeah. like you were thinking about like sincerely thinking said, about, what do like, you think about Whitney? Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember exactly what we were saying. Kind of something like that. Overall the context. And, I, and then I, you know, I left, I went on my mission and blah, blah, blah. And then, and you got married while I was out. Uh-huh. And so I think somebody, maybe grandma sent me photos of part of the wedding or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was just, I, 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 envious is the wrong word. I guess it was more like, I was just so like proud and combined with like admiring and just like, dude, I want to be like that. I want to, I want to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. Cause you just, yeah. you just took those and you just stuck the landing like repeatedly and you just like. I don't know. That was so amazing to me. And I, I, I realized for you, from your perspective, it probably was just like the natural next thing to do. Like this, it is, was yeah, this is right. And so it seems really easy or, or maybe it wasn't, didn't seem difficult, but for me, it just seemed like it was this monstrously huge decision. I was like, how did you do that? That is it was, and I kind of went in, I mean, I think that's some of my struggles that I went through is related to the fact that I just dove into stuff that I didn't understand what was going to happen. You know, I mean like Uh, kids, like I think 
I'm glad we had kids right away, but it was really hard. And we had three of them. And like, that was a big reason that was really hard for me. That's really what a lot of my struggles were. was like that responsibility and not feeling incapable. Being, like I'm yes. the civic and I don't have the truck and, and yes, the shame. And I, cause I should be able to do this. So, yeah. so sticking the landing, not so much, maybe like the, the marriage part, but like it happened, but also we came through the other end and with all the troubles and stuff that we've had, we've been able to, you know, I would say largely part for due to Whitney, um, I would give her the most of the credit that, that we're still together. And, and, but we've been able to build like a stronger relationship versus, uh, you know, versus it breaking down. Like we definitely, yeah. it definitely broke down and we had to build it up and it broke down and we had to build it up. It was kind of like muscles, I guess. Like we never, we didn't give up. Uh, and so finally we, we got past the, the major breakdown buildup relationships, like market, as you know, right? I mean, you're, are like you're a constant up and down. Yeah. Yep. But you're overall it's rising. Yeah. 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 So maybe it's a macro focus. Like really, if you go back on a wider zoom or a wider view of everything, like the dips, yeah. it maybe it's like the outcome. <laughs> We're going back to that one. We're like, I could be, you can get totally destroyed on a, on a step or a piece that doesn't go the way you want, or like it rubs you the wrong way and then ruin a possible outcome by like following that. Right. 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 Or you keep focus on my, on the outcome and, and you just keep, and you like move on. Hmm. It's interesting. I haven't thought about it that way. I don't know. I, I I think it takes courage, and I think you exhibit this a lot to actually do. I mean, you know, you've talked about like you. I mean, you're hands on. I was doing stuff, like I was actually in it, and I and and that to me, because I personally, maybe this is just my own bias. Obviously, it's my own bias speaking, but like I've struggled with that being able to make. <clears throat> those decisions and dive in. Cause I want to like analyze it to death. I want to know everything about it. I, I want to know all the outcomes that could possibly happen. I want to know how to handle those outcomes if they do happen, you know, but you can't live life like that. Life, life doesn't work that way. You have to make a decision. You're never going to know the end from the beginning. Like, could you have been more prepared before you got married? Sure. Could you have been more prepared? Sure. But I mean, at what point are you going to be prepared enough like it's never going to happen. You never are. You never have are. to dive into the pool. You have yeah. to dive in with both feet. And like people who can do that and do that, even it, even if, and, and of course you're going to make mistakes, obviously. And sometimes yeah. they're whoppers, but uh, everybody is going to do that regardless. So it's like, true. well, and, and that's why I just, I mean, that's just incredible to me that you can, you, you have done and you continue to do that. You just dive in with, with both feet and you do it. And, yeah, okay, so was it perfect? But no, of course not. But hey, Wit, I'm over here philosophizing. Sorry. He's philosophizing, he said. My gosh. <laughs> Sorry, we're, I'm, I'm, now, you, now, I'm just, now I'm just off in the weeds here philosophizing. Anyway, 
Jeez, we've been on. No, am I, I taking mean, all your morning here? Sorry, man. That's why. That's why we're doing it, right? Yeah. Am I taking all your morning? <laughs> no, I'm good. I just was. Yeah. I. What you? So, this is. I think. The key. Yeah. Like living the opposite of fear. It's the opposite of fear, faith. No. I don't know what it is. I'm just thinking, well, like, really I would li- imagine so, right? Because faith is, like, I don't have a perfect knowledge. Nobody has a perfect knowledge. Oh, like, oh, I'm going to get married. Yeah, I know exact. I know everything about marriage before I get married. And it's what's like, going to no, happen I, afterwards? And- you have to have faith, like, okay, I'm going to step into this thing and hope for the best. That's faith to me. I don't know. Well, and maybe it's like, really, if you feel like you've got some tools and you've got some muscles to deal with and ready for like, I know, I know the one thing I do know is that there's going to be problems and issues and things that I'm going to have to deal with. But if, but if you feel like you're, you're optimistic in like looking at what's happened, you kind of have to look back and be like, okay, well, all this stuff happened. And these things have worked. So, like, if I keep doing this, odds are things will be fine. There's going to be unexpected things and hard things. But overall, it's kind of all the same stuff over and over again. And even huge, big life things. Like, my look on death is different now. Like, way different than it used to be. Oh, yeah. It used to be... Really scary, right? And a lot of fear. And even losing loved ones, it's hard in the moment, but really, I mean, everyone's going to die. Yeah. We're all going to die. We don't escape death. So, and really, it's like another step in, it's just you're the next, I believe it's just the next step onto something else. Of whatever it is i don't know yeah um but i agree totally agree yeah it can be hard i mean i don't i definitely don't have the answers and i don't do i still mess up and don't do things the way that i even think are the right way to do things you know right but or a good way. I still break my systems. My systems break my, it's always that constant, like a constant gardener. It's like a constant. You just have to be, you have to be on it, but sometimes you get down uh, and that's okay. It's like you pointed that out really well. I think like if you can analyze, if you can like say something a lot about how you feel and your emotions and, the state of a thing and just understand the and be okay with it. You know? And I think some of that just comes with experience. It's really hard to tell that to a, you know, this is why I don't think <laughs> I have such a hard time with parents who want to control the kids life choices, mm, okay. acting like they, just because something worked for them, it's going to work for their 
for anyone yes. else, for anyone else, not, not just their kids, like oh. suggestions and good ideas. But like, if you're talking like what we're talking about is a framework and a system yeah. that's totally different than being like, if you do this, you're not going to be happy. And I don't believe that. And I, and I think there's a big, there's a problem with like, that's a thing I think in general, a lot of parents do. And I try not to do that as much as I can, but how do you, how, or, or within your system, like, how are you wanting or how are you trying to guide your own kids? Like, obviously you don't want to be a helicopter parent and you want them to, Mm -hmm. so what's, what's kind of, what's your approach? Like, how are you, how have you, I'm definitely not a helicopter parent. (laughs) I'm definitely, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, 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 (laughs) definitely. I think the constant and the consistency, that's my whole, that's my program. And it's kind of more hands off. I'm, I want them to decide what they want to do. And I'm, and I'm going to show support and I'm going to give them feedback if they ask for it, or maybe I'll add, I'll, maybe I'll just give them, maybe it, it won't be, it'll be unprompted and I'll just, and I'll mention something, but not like a, I, I just don't believe in a definitive answer for pretty much anything. <laughs> so well, I can give my advice on like, this is how something went for me and it's kind of related to what you're doing. So right. I don't know, take that as maybe that can help you make a decision, make a decision. that kind make, of a thing, make a decision. Yeah. And I just want to be supportive, uh, in let, you know, I want them to know that they're loved and to feel the, as much as possible, like just, you know, unconditional love. Like I, I'm going to love them no matter what. Regardless. Yeah. It. And they're going to make terrible decisions. I mean, they mm-hmm. probably will or, or terrible decisions <laughs> in your point of view, maybe. Could right. Be. Like, you're like, I, I don't know. Have done that. Or maybe, maybe that's what I'm know. thinking. Like, I feel like I've, or I've they, been, I've made such horrible decisions. I don't know if they're going to make, I mean, they could, there's always worse decisions you can make. Well, it may not be worse like how we think of worse. It could be worse <laughs> to them from their perspective. It's like, mm. Dad, I went and did this thing, and then you hear about mm. it, and you're like, well, that's really not that bad. But for yeah, them, but it's like a- it's, it's, it's shameful for them. Yeah, and now yeah. they're dealing with shame, and I feel terrible, and they're beating themselves up in their head. And it's like, okay, you know, and it's like you're my child here. I'm, you know, all these – instincts you know i want to protect you i want to comfort you i want to support you it's mm. like okay i'm going to help guide you it's like okay there are some things you know that are bad and so i need to help you guide you go okay it's okay to feel these things but this shame that's not helping you mm-hmm. yeah yeah like i realize that you made this yes. decision and i mean if we're talking about it, it's really not that bad compared to like what the things i've done but for you it is <laughs> it's this huge mountain of a of a horrible thing that you did in your life. Maybe, you know, I don't know what it would be, but whatever. Sure. 
And so, but they're going to deal or struggle with similar things that we have, right? Mm, like yep. shame and, you know, self, self accusing where you're in your own head going, yeah. you're a terrible person. I'm a terrible person. Be- yeah. yeah just Cause I did this horrible thing and I'm ashamed yep. of it. And I can't even talk about it. And yeah. I'm, I'm isolated. I'm alone and everybody hates me. If they, if they knew what I did, right. they would hate me. And that's, that's not healthy. That's not good. And I, you know, it's like. No, I, as a, I don't know, that's, that's a really difficult thing to cross as a parent, I would imagine. It It is. And I mean, I guess it hasn't really, I haven't seen that exhibited in my children yet. Or, I mean, I assume, and maybe it is, and I just haven't been able to uncover it or they're not sharing it yet, or you just never know. But yeah, I haven't cool. had, I do, I'm glad you brought that up because like I really do, I've been thinking a, a lot about that. I do want to, I want to help them understand if possible, like, uh, I don't, they're going to have those feelings probably because everyone has them. So right. more like understanding that don't let it defeat you it's okay. Like, and I don't even know if I have necessarily the tools. Maybe this is like the hardest part for me as a parent is I'm not great with words. I'm, I don't, I don't go out of my way to like have teaching experiences. I'm more of like, I'm having conversations with them daily. Like I really just try to make myself available and to have them know and feel comfortable talking to me about anything. Yeah. Uh, and so then my hope is if that's true and they, hopefully they feel that way, then, you know, sometimes I might need to pry, like dig a little bit to help them talk about it and give them the time. But I, I try to do that. I try to listen. And when we have a conversation, I, I try to just sit and let them speak. That's one of the things I try to do. Well, yeah, because it becomes a constant in their lives. That yeah, I could always tell dad about stuff. I mm-hmm. I always would. I'd go talk to dad about stuff. I just that's what I do. Yeah, yeah me cool. too. You did that too. Yeah, yeah. We all and it becomes kind of just <laughs> yeah. family, fam. Well, because right, we we talk about our parents as we gotten older, and so you mm-hmm. know naturally, our you know your kids are going to talk about you know you and Wit and how you two approach things. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I mean, that's a well, family and- culture, so to speak knowing maybe like something I've learned is I know that I have as many faults and I don't, and I know as many things as I'm aware of, I have just as many and more blind spots to things. So I might feel like I'm doing a good job in this regard in general, but there's probably a whole bunch of stuff I don't know about that. I'm not doing well. So I'm sure that's the case. (laughs) But I can't do all of it, so I'm don't right. beat myself up about it. Right. And I, it's they're gonna. That's the room that they need to do their own thing, and that's where the real joy comes from. As a person, is like not getting everything from your parents, not or from other people. Like really being able to learn it for yourself. But maybe that's just me too. Maybe maybe more. Maybe some people don't need that or want it. 
I don't know. Like finding for themselves. You know what I mean? Well, no, I, yeah, I totally know what you mean. I think finding for yourself is, is that hurts. It's painful, yeah. right? I mean, it's like going to the gym. It's like exercising <laughs> yeah, the muscle. Yeah. It's like, you know, trial and error. It's like, well, my muscles hurt. Why, why am I doing this? And what we don't want is, you know, pain avoidance. Cause not all pain is bad. Mm. You know, there's yeah, pain good. of like, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I need to go to the hospital and pain. Like, <laughs> no, this is good. Like yeah. this is striving, like, you know, quitting, you know, some kind of addiction or, or even struggling with shoot, just anything in life, marriage, talking to your kid, like all of it, it's all difficult things to do. Changing diapers every day, you know, waking up, making breakfast, you know, th th these are all difficult things. Yeah. They're not, they're not easy. And so that same kind of process is, I mean, you're essentially giving your kids tools, right? Tools that you've discovered. Be like, okay. Yeah. You know, I think that's what's more important yourself. than like telling them a thing. I like how you put that. I want to give them tools. That, yeah. That's yeah, my because, goal. I mean, they're going to struggle with whatever they're going to struggle with. Yes. But there are some factors oh. that are universal, right? Yes. And, and here's a key piece to that is knowing why. So one thing we and I both try to do a lot is we don't just say no or like don't do this or you can't do this or what any of that stuff like a hard no yeah yeah it's we try to always but obviously fail we try to explain and like so no you can't do that here's why yeah. these are the reasons that like there's reasons why you can't and this is them here, here's some and other not just, options. Yeah, because I think I know as a, I struggled a lot with being told no, but not really having any concrete reason as to why I did a thing or shouldn't do a thing or or should. There was it wasn't really clear to me. It was there was too much just like you just do this thing, okay? I don't what, but huh? Yeah, because then it makes you when you finally are free, quote unquote to go do stuff, then it's like, oh, now I'm going to go do all those no's just because I can. As and I don't to, know what right. is going to happen because <laughs> I wasn't told that there was an actual reason besides maybe the church doesn't agree with it. <laughs> it's against the commandments, so you don't do it. Well, that's fine, I guess. But if you don't really understand that there are real reasons, maybe, to some of it, it can be, for me, that was, was like, and maybe I was just one I needed to find out for myself, but there's like real information and reasons about why you shouldn't maybe like drink bef before you're of a certain age. If you are going to sure. drink, like it, it actually has real human conditions or uh, consequences, consequences yeah, and effects. Consequences. So I feel like I missed like that wasn't really shared to me. It, it was, it was yeah, more it was just of like, just a blanket church. We don't reason. do this because we don't do this. And then you yes. start to associate that with the church. And it's like, well, geez, the church just tells me all the things I can't do, but it doesn't give me any reasons. And it's like, yes, I need some practical. I need some yeah. practical real world reasons not to, to do these things. Like, well, I think they try to tell you sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of a balance though. Right. I mean, cause it we're is. young, so we don't have the full, I yeah, mean, you if, don't. Like, if you were to tell me, you know, yeah. you really shouldn't go be, you know, sexually promiscuous. 
when uh-huh. I was like 16, I don't really fully comprehend what that means. Like, I don't know. That sounds great though. Yeah. You know, but like when <laughs> I'm, me. you know, I, now I'm almost 40 years old. It's like, yeah, I know exactly why you don't do that because mm. I don't want to get STDs. I don't want to have, uh, you know, potential children with uh, women. I don't really, I'm not really compatible with like, there's some mm. real world. I don't want to have to pay child support. Like there's some real, yeah, real consequence. pro- yes. consequences from this. Not For just sure. like, and don't like you wish you would have heard that? And maybe See, and that's one of those, like, I think about it now, like, did I, have I really talked to my kids plainly about that? I don't know. Maybe I haven't. And so it's like, well. Family meeting. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, because it's, you know, I agree with you. I agree with you. And maybe you, you couldn't comprehend, but like, I, do you, no, I don't need to, the, oh, okay, go ahead. Well, I there's, but I lost it. No, you're fine. I was just going to say there's kind of there's kind of a culture or an unspoken culture in the in the community of the church of the members that like you just do this because we do this because we do this and it's yep. like oh that's okay. what it was it's like the turkey the the story of the grandma and the turkey where she cuts the oh, end off yeah, the turkey yeah, yeah yeah and they put it in the oven and then she comes over to the like grandkids house or the whatever later yeah. and it's like why are you cutting the end off the turkey yeah like, you always did it like that's because it didn't fit in the oven <laughs> yeah exactly like, that's like why, exactly why are we doing this what, yeah like well we've just don't understand done it you this just way. keep doing it and we then just, this is how we do it yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe it should change maybe that's not how we should do it yeah yeah exactly i don't know there's some at the same token, I know for my own life, there's, I, I have been told why I shouldn't be doing some things <laughs> and it didn't and, matter. Uh, it goes yeah. back to, yeah, it didn't matter. It goes back <laughs> to, the, you know, I, I never make the same mistake twice. I usually make it five or six times. Just to absolutely. Be sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to know. Like those first, those first one or two times, those could have been flukes. Could have total flukes, man. Once, once, twice, that's an anomaly. Hey, that's not a seventeen times. That's a trend. (laughs) What's the scientific rule here? We got to do like twenty. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) We we need a good baseline (laughs) sample. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Mike's is apologizing. What's up? Did you see Mike's? Oh, I don't even have the chat up. No. Oh, it's a message. Oh, he's email or texting. Oh, I got my phone off. It's on. My phone's on airplane. Uh, it's a smart move. Well, because we don't want to. Might even mute it. Yeah, you don't want the sound popping up. That's uh, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, Feedback, ruins the whole whatever. recording. Gosh dang! Well, Mike's a pretty good stickler about the sound quality. I've actually learned a yeah. lot about all this stuff. He's like, dude, we want to do this, and we've been trying to streamline it with everybody. Because yeah, I mean, we've really like evolved. Because like when we were first starting this or trying, it was like, no, we've got to be in person. We we were trying to rig up mm. this whole like microphone kit that we'd like take. Okay. And you know, and then that didn't really happen. And so we had to kind of adjust expectations. And okay, let's do this Zoom thing. Is that sufficient? Mike's was really complaining about the quality. It's like, ah, oh, this is garbage. Because I mean, because mm. we got into like why you listen to a podcast. And you take the quality for granted. It's like you never listen to a podcast and walk away going, "I love the quality." Oh, what of about that? the sound? The sound quality was so but good. It, it can't but help it if it's not really, disruptive. Yeah, but when it's bad, you notice it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's where 
yeah, there's probably a pretty big area though where it's like good enough. Right. Right. And and like striving for that perfection, which I know Mike's has that. And it's like people who are there's it's a pretty common like uh people who get into development, you have that kind of mindset, right? Of like I mean yeah, a lot so- of people are perfectionists. Software development, you're not just about? software development, yeah. but but like a lot of software developers are like striving for that perfection thing that you can yeah. never get to. Yeah. Has to be exactly this way. But it, but that's also what's good, right? Is if you're striving for that, that means when you fail, it's actually going to be pretty awesome. Usually. <laughs> Cause right. you're like, dang, this totally screwed up. Everyone's like, this is amazing. Like yeah. dude, but all the, all these things are wrong. Well, it's, it's that, uh, what is that analogy? Shoot for the moon and land in the stars. Yeah. It's like, I'm still in the stars, which is pretty freaking great. Cool. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Anyway. I threw axes yesterday. Dude. The axe throwing party. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of these. It was fun. I got, it seems like we did was, that kind of stuff when we were kids. Exactly. I started remembering things. I'm like, Oh, yeah. like how, when you like throwing, like anything, a knife or a hatchet, you actually only want it to go one full rotation. And so it's about managing that rotation to yeah. like, and the distance away from your target, like you have to find out what that rotation is. Do you remember that? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, like that. Yeah. You would love it. Do you, you know what you and Mike's we should, and we should, go, should come dude. down and we'll go throw axes with, Dude, with Ben and Matt, whole those they, guys, you know, they throw baseball. They oh, freaking that's right. Baseball players, they would destroy that place. <laughs> it would be so <laughs> awesome because that's the other thing we were doing there. It was like baseball throw as hard as you can. Yeah. And, and dude, yeah. one of the guys I work with, Zach, he is there. He plays softball and he can throw the like just <laughs> it's so just hard. I just it. can't believe how hard some people can throw stuff. It's impressive. So it'd be fun. For all of us to go do that, dude. I've heard good things about it. Axe throwing. It's Although rare. it's a little sketchy because all these dudes are walking in with like cases of beer. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem and like a good combination. Out there throwing axes, like whoa! I don't know. That seems that's intense. <laughs> that doesn't seem like good bedfellows. Let's see. No. Uh, axes and alcohol. Uh, I'm not an expert, but uh, like, how many accidents did they happen? Uh, did they have? I wonder because. It's easy to forget, even being completely sober. Like, oh, the steps you, and like the, how you. Well, the setup is like it's kind of like darts, except for you have two. It's one. Uh, it's like a baseball. What's the thing? It's like an enclosed kind of with a fence. Yeah, batting cage. Batting cage. Kind of, it's like a, a cage. So, so you got a cage with two targets. So you're kind of like two people are are like throwing one at each. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like just and some then, plywood or something they have up there, or whatever. Or like solid wood, dude. It's like oh, wow. wood, thick wood chunks. Um, wow. Okay. So you, and there's nobody like watch. It's not like a gun range. No one's there, like making sure, and then like saying, "Okay, you can go get your stuff now." There's it's a free for all. Like, <laughs> you if you decide to just go in too early and somebody hooks and like that could happen. There's nice. no one there. Made, so obviously they teach you about it, like you know, don't do this, whatever. But like, I almost walked in while someone was throwing and I'm like, Oh yeah. Hold, 
you know, because sometimes you throw and you're so you did a good throw. And so you're just like, yeah, yeah you want to go yeah. grab it. And then it's like, oh, wait, you, you're still throwing. Cool, dude. And sometimes <laughs> the hatchet comes like all the way back. Oh, it's, geez. Yeah. There's a lot of factors going on there. Yeah, dude. It's crazy, but really fun. Dude, how, is it is it expensive or I mean I, I've never been I've I've heard of it plenty but never I think it was kind of spendy I'll send you this one that we went to dude that sounds way fun though I mean I think it's definitely uh, it's like thirty twenty to thirty bucks a person so yeah that seems it'd be about worth right. for like yeah. an hour yeah it seems about right well do we did you have any other questions for me oh yeah i've got loads of questions but loads of questions we'll, we'll be here forever no it was really <laughs> yeah, good never... discussion i think overall i appreciate you taking the time man yeah of course well As did we usual, send you... a lot of fun did you did we yeah you've got our web the website where mike's got oh yeah like... yeah yeah okay yep yeah i i worked on a i set up like a a version of it of the front end, like I made a, a version of it and gave it to Mike's to use if he wanted to. Oh, just like a architecture. Yeah. Just something I've been doing lately. And so I like spun one up for him and gave it to, to him. But, and I think he, I think he might've like taken parts of it or something in the current version, but nice. Yeah. So I was like, I, work, I, I don't was even like know what you're talking about. Him. <laughs> I was working with it on him a little bit. Yeah, scaffolding. exactly. <laughs> What the heck is that from? I quote that every once in a while, and I don't actually know what it's Dude, from. Is it Wayne's World? No, it's from. Uh, well, it might have been. I don't think so, but it's from. Uh, it's from. Um, oh my gosh, his main just Tommy Boy. Know. No, um, he lives in Kaysville. What Robert? Yeah, Rob. Rob Petrich. Yeah, yeah, but Petr I think oh, he was Petr quoting Jeez, not, Robert Petrich. Yeah, dude, I Rob. Yeah, oh Rob. He used to, he's like, you got your rotary <laughs> Your scaffolding. I think he quoted Hilarious. it from something though. Did he? Oh, I think okay. he quoted. It was like either an SNL skit, maybe. Now that I hear it, but uh, oh my gosh, that it originated from Rob. him. Well, yeah. now I got to ask him. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. I know it's funny. I like, quote that, and I don't know, and it's Rob. We do that all the time. He's we so quote funny. Stuff. Like we'll rotary girder and your scaffolding. We'll quote stuff so often that we forget where it actually. Yeah, that's funny. Because we quote movies all the time. Actually, we were talking about, I was talking about this with Dina. It's almost like a dialect. Mm, and like, yeah. Because we've lived <laughs> apart since we were kids. Like, yeah. Dina will start quoting movies that I haven't been using because we've established our own dialect of movie quotes. Yes. So it's like branches. Like we kind of, it's like we're speaking the same language, but not quite. So I'm like, I don't, I don't quite know where that, that quote is. And, it, and you kind of know where somebody's head's at just based on yeah, the quote funny. that they're giving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you, and then just a stream of quotes follow for a while <laughs> until it kind of dies out. Yeah. I've been on a few of those threads with you guys. It's so fun. Cracks me up. Yeah. There is like a, I don't know if it's just this, like we were kind of, we grew up in the age of, you know vhs and movies at home and tv and where it was really rampant so i think it's like it's like such a part of our uh, core yeah, experience um, yeah, yeah. Our whereas our parents didn't have that because it was kind of it wasn't as accessible or a thing right 
to be into it as much or have as much access to it. So, yeah, it's Dean and I will sometimes just quote the whole Batham movie (laughs) (laughs) from beginning to end, just the whole thing. Well, that's what I mean. Like you guys got way into that. I never, I mean, I've, I've seen it, but yeah, the just, thumb movies. we never got into it like the way y'all did. So that's yeah, what I mean. It's like crazy. this divergence of, yeah, you're of right. Dialect, where it's like, so to speak, they cro- they kind of weave in. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Oh, cool. Well, I hope, anyway. uh, I look forward to another future. I'd love to be in on another chat with you guys. We should get that's John. Cool. Maybe we should get the four of us on one. That'd be great. Um, as far as like the actual project, I think Mike's did talk to John, but I don't know. I talked to John about it. Interest. He must have forgot because I don't think he has a lot of interest in it right now. That's, <laughs> he might that's the have more. I, got. I didn't. I didn't okay. actually talk to him, but anyway. I mentioned it to him yesterday, and he acted like he never heard of it. So he he might have just forgot. Yeah. Like uh, he he got a lot going on in his head all the time. Oh, he's a busy guy. I mean, he's, we all are. Yeah. I just mean like, yeah, he's got all, he's always got these, all these creative ideas and he's always thinking about something. So I think it's hard for, it's like, you like mention something to him and it, mo- a lot of the times it just like, <laughs> right through. Cause he's, cause he's like thinking about something else almost yeah. all the time. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. This is recorded. We can cut that out. We don't yeah, need to share that with him. But yes. <laughs> I'm, it's not a. It's not a criticism. Uh, it's a just, criticism. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Now we've been we've been slowly trying to because you know the goal is like to have kind of essentially like a library of of everybody, right? Oh, I yeah, go to, exactly. I go to Stan. Here's the, you know the 26 interviews he's done mm-hmm. over the last you know seven years or whatever. Yeah. We got your dad on a little while back. He did a podcast. It was it was really good. I, cool. I didn't know a lot about your dad growing up, like his, like his history and dude, they did stuff differently back in the seventies, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, that's for sure. It was awesome. Like it was, uh, yeah. Anyway, a lot more uh-huh. akin to what we did. Like we were pretty independent running around the property for the most part, I think. Anyway. Yes. That's a different topic. Yeah. I'll have to give that a listen. I don't know if I've listened to that one. I've listened to a few. Oh yeah. I haven't listened to all of them. I, I have a thing sometimes with it's a time lit- commitment. Cause it's like, you got, it's like a podcast. So sometimes I'll yeah. steer away from them. Sometimes Mike's and I have talked about doing like a, a snippets kind of thing. Like, Oh, here's a topic. Mm, that's a good and, idea. You know, it's only seven minutes long or something. And they're talking about some specific thing. Huh. Cause that's, you know, that sound cool. bites or whatever, as yeah. opposed to the full, Oh, you know, 90 minutes or an hour or whatever it is. Well, and maybe it's just like what I'm interested in. Like the, I know there's a certain amount of motion that I could experience and maybe I'm not in the right headspace. It's kind of like watching family oh, videos. Like maybe yeah. I just don't, it's like, eh, I could watch a family video, but I don't know if I want to feel that's a lot of feelings right, right now. <laughs> you gauge. No, that's for real. No, right? I, I, I totally judge situations like that. It's like, ah, that's yeah. a lot of emotion. I don't want to jump into that. Uh-huh. We've tried to break it up a little bit to where we have segment, different segments. So like there's more serious okay. gems, more emotional. And then others are just like us, just like Mike's and I got on it. We just kind of philosophize and kick back and forth. Like the Mars episode we did, right? That kind of thing. Yes. We're just kind of chatting more than, like trying to get, because there is a serious aspect, right? I, I, I want to get, you know, grandma talking about, 
you know, her life experiences. I want yes. to get, you know, your dad talking or, you know, Karen or, or Jennifer, you know, whoever talking about, you know, personal family issues. But at the same time, you know, there's also a fun, you get it. I'm, I'm, anyway, yep. you know what I'm saying? Yep. All right. I mean, you got a difference of like age where, I mean, the, pers- the percentage of life availability is lower. Right. Yeah. Well, I just look at like, you know, your kids. So you kind of want to get some real. Like info. Chloe, when Chloe's like 20, right? Yeah. To be able to go back and listen to this library of. Yeah, dude, it's going to be super cool. You guys are doing. This is awesome that you guys are sticking with this. We should get Wit on here too. I didn't even. Yeah, I'm sure she would love time. to do it. Anyway. All right. Sorry, man. I'm it's a good deal. All right.